Hey everyone, welcome back to BPX After Dark, broadcast live each Thursday night at 9pm in Twitter Spaces at Radish Digital, that's digital with a J, a show that breaks down everything happening in the silos of BPX where you, the community, have the opportunity to come on stage, ask questions, and share your opinions to help influence the BPX community. And now, without further delay, let's get to this week's show with the host of BPX After Dark and the largest whale in the ecosystem, BJAMS. Hey everybody, this is Discord user Slappy White with Radish Digital. Tonight we're excited to talk about Wonders of the First and everything in Block Pack's really exciting night is Frenchie's going to stop by. He's going to talk about not only the Wonders, but we're going to get through a lot of members' questions tonight. Folks who've been asking about different silos in there. So without further ado, let's get to uh, the host of the show, B Jams, as well as our two important guests tonight, Kisher, who is the creative director for Wonders of the First, and Frenchie, who is the founder, co-founder of Block Packs and all the silos. Frenchie, how are you doing? How much sleep did you get last night, Frenchie? Not a lot. <laughs> a, lot of nerve, a lot of nervous energy, normal for this, uh, this type of stuff. So uh, not, a, not a ton, but it's all good, man. It's what we signed up for. I mean, Jeff, you, you mentioned, I think it was six months, a year ago, you mentioned you don't sleep a lot. And so you get like five hours of sleep a night and you have so much energy and excitement and passion. But last night on the eve of this, how much, I mean, be honest, did you get more than three hours of sleep? Uh, no, not last night. <laughs> All right. All right. And, and how'd it go today for you? When, if you, on a scale of one to 10, on where you wanted it to go. How do you feel it went? I mean, I, I think it went pretty well. I mean, we had a you know a couple little things where there were a couple things we could have communicated a little better. Um, the tech mostly, uh, I think, performed well. I saw like one bug report of, uh, and I, I don't know if it was on mobile or what, where someone was having trouble getting their transaction to go through. And uh, I mean, there's always room for improvement, but I mean, I feel like overall, I, th- I think things went pretty well. There was... Um. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, I, I I give I give the team high marks on this one. I think that uh, so far, I mean, we're, we're not done yet. I mean, this is just step one, right? We we still got to get through a clean uh, promo week. Uh, we want to evangelize this to as many people as we can. We want to try to get as many new Web three folks as we can to come in behind the core group and and pick up you know the boosters that may be left. And then I'm really hoping that those become a stepping stone back into the character proofs and and then into other things in the ecosystem so there's still a lot of wood to chop and then you know once that wood is chopped i hope that hth basketball will be a relatively smooth release for us it's our third one of the year and then frankly uh you know gonna we're, we're gonna try to unplug for a few weeks around the holidays and then hit 2024 ready to run yeah if if, if life were that easy that would be great i know you're going to be dealt some curveballs but it's I, I'm excited for, yes, to watch the Wonders expand, to watch HTH basketball. I have a number of questions I have to ask you. I have to be honest, Frenchie, just to warn you. And I know you were on the spaces earlier with Yuga Labs. And you were on uh, the, the Q&A spaces on Wonders of the First. So you're probably getting tired of, of saying everything again and again. But my apologies, which is I got stuck at a Christmas line at a post office. So I, I missed part of your Q&A. So, so I might ask you some questions again. But I see one of our newest members of the community who actually found 
found block packs through the battle breaks chicago collector he came up on stage and i'm just checking with chicago is that i know he's not a huge x spaces person so chicago did you mean to come on stage do you have a comment or a question because i love all your comments in dms and would love to get any thoughts you had here but i didn't know if it was on purpose yeah can you hear me yep yeah so uh this is uh chicago um i'm a dock worker on uh Navy Pier, uh, Lake Michigan and Chicago. Uh, actually, I'm, I'm not. Um, I have, I'm a, I'm a 100% physical collector that saw uh, Kara Fine's lovely ad on Facebook. Not once, twice, the third time I pulled the trigger. Um, this is all uh, what I tell people. It's all uh, magic and mirrors for me right now. Um, I'm not a crypto guy. I'm learning as I go. Um, I will, a comment, then a question. My first comment is that Jamps has kind of been my mentor along with Slappy and some others, Jordan, Tex, Carafine. Um, but the community has been uh, tremendous to me, uh, treated me uh, just open, open hands, any questions, helped me get things that I would not have otherwise uh, been able to get. Um, have been extremely helpful, and uh, I owe a debt of gratitude to to all the folks at Block Packs for helping me on board. Um, so thank you. Uh, having said that, the question I have, I have a bit of experience in uh, in patents. My question goes to the IP rights of the proofs, and I'm obviously very interested in that, and I talked a little bit with Jamps about it. Um, as we go into the future, um, is it exclusive IP rights to the uh, proof holder? Is it shared with block packs? And um, not that this would ever happen with me, but what if the IP holder of the proof, uh, for one reason or another, didn't uh, agree on the path of that character in the grand scheme, how do you resolve that since they hold the rights? But I'm just in interested in a little bit more about the the, the IP side of it. Uh, I was on your uh, um, spaces earlier today, and uh, I just wanted to say hello. My name, my real name is Chris. Um, most people call me Big Dog. I'm a huge dude, football player, rugby player, but that's a little bit about myself, and I'm actually a lawyer, not a dock worker. I'll... Uh, Go, go, go deaf here and listen to your answer. Thank you. Well, thanks for, uh, thanks for being here, Chris. And thanks for, um, you know, just, we, we love seeing new, new folks come in and, and fall in love with a lot of the stuff that's going on in the space. I do think it's, it's advancing, collecting forward very much like you. I mean, I'm, my roots are very deeply in physical collecting. I still have a very large physical collection, way bigger than I do uh, digital. And uh, that's certainly where my roots are as well. To try to unpack this, um, I, I did kind of hit on it earlier, uh, but I will, I'm happy to reiterate, and to your point, Slappy, sometimes it's actually good to say things again because I can actually get a little more concise because I tend to be wordy. And then once I say it once, I can usually come back and maybe nail it a little cleaner and help people understand it. So I definitely don't mind repeating some things. But Great. what I went through earlier and tried to unpack is that, um, and the, the, the person that asked the question, I think it was Redemption Fox, he actually unpacked a fair bit of it. So let me let me start there. Um, there's the, the, the 
there's and, and I in in copyright law, and I will start by saying I am not a lawyer, but I I spend a lot of money on them, and I've gotten a lot of legal advice over the years. And copyright, you cannot. Uh, the copyright laws say that you basically cannot copyright something that is not created essentially by a human, just to, to dumb it down in, in as layman terms as I can get it. And so what that brings into question, and there's not a lot of case law on this yet because we haven't – this is a fairly new development with all of these uh, generative uh, projects that, that have basically an IP play associated with them. Uh, it, the the Ryder Rips versus or Yuga versus Ryder Rips case did touch on it a little bit. Uh, it the court did speak favorably to the copyright availability for Yuga. The trademarks are obviously a lot easier to protect. For those that don't know, um, when you file a registered trademark and you have a logo mark or a word mark, when that gets approved and it's registered, that gives you pretty strong protection. Copyright protection. Uh, is a lot easier to get, but it's uh, it also has a different um, a different bar to prove kind of what you're doing. There was actually a case. It was against a celebrity. I think it was. I want to say it was Alyssa Milano. Um, she wrote a book. And <laughs> by uh, the way, I love her cookies. But anyway, go. On. <laughs> she wrote. I, I, it may not have been her, but it was a celebrity. It was a female celebrity. She wrote a book, and she was not happy that ChatGPT was summarizing the book for people and she sued and the judge threw it out and the judge just said that you know you're completely off base here you have to prove that your mark is being used in uh in the in the new derivative work this thing you know it the 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 basically the the computer reading it and then doing a book report on it is totally fine summarizing it the the, the judge just kind of threw it out on its ear and so I just offer those few things to say that this is a very rapidly developing landscape and one that does not to this point have a ton of directly applicable uh, settled case law. It's certainly not a lot that has risen to higher courts. But um, so where we are is that when you utilize, um, let's just say mid-journey, because I, I know that some other tech was used, but mid-journey was the one that was used the most. Um, they grant us a commercial license based on when you buy one of their licenses. You can do it's either 100 or 200 commercial works per license. I don't know if that's over all time or per year. We unpacked all that to make sure that we had the right amount of all that so that we could have clean cop have clean commercial right from them so that Midjourney wouldn't get mad at us. Um, so we checked that box. And then the next box to check then becomes, you know, what would a court uphold as far as a copyright goes? And all of the art is touched with human hand to different degrees, some more than others. Um, and, you know, I, I, if I sat here and told you that there's X number of pixels that have to be touched to where a court would say that's enough human hand or whatever, I, I can't tell you that. Like, I don't know where that line is. Um, so... Essentially, we're going to take the position that, um, and I said this earlier today, if someone is expecting to get a character proof revealed, and let's say that as soon as it reveals, someone starts printing it on t-shirts, and they're looking at us like, why aren't you suing that person? That's just not a fight that we're going to necessarily fight. And the reason for that is because I very much believe that 
a, a lot of what we're dealing with in this new and emerging landscape as it relates to generative art, as it relates to AI art, um, and then specifically as it relates to these Web3 collections, which we would fall in, I do believe that a lot of it is a social contract. And I used the example in the earlier space today where someone took all of the CryptoPunks and put them on Bitcoin and, and made them into Bitcoin ordinals. And people did, some people bought them and flipped them and degen them or whatever. I mean, I never touched them because I knew that they weren't approved by any of the punk holders. They weren't approved by, uh, by Yuga Labs. They had no social validation. And so, I mean, I, I just had no interest in it. And I, I think most people, I think, would share that opinion. And, and as, I think as those things fade over time, you know, it was, I, I view that as stolen art. And I think if someone takes your Wonders of the First token and sticks it on a T-shirt, and that I, I think that's stolen art. And, and, I, and I don't think it would pass, it certainly wouldn't pass the, the, the muster of that social contract. But now, back to the more salient question that you asked. And that is, how do we view the IP between us and a holder? Let me be super clear on this one, because I definitely don't want us to ever get crossed up here. We, the company, maintain the right to use all of these characters in our development. And we invite the, the owner to come along with us. Most franchises that would do what we're doing would try to protect these so that they could command all of the fiefdom. And I'll give you a perfect example. Gary V released V Friends. And V Friends is the characters that, that he released, and you can own the NFT. You can display it in your home or on a, in a frame, and that's about it. You have no rights to that at all. You can't put it on a t-shirt. You can't do anything remotely commercial with it. You can't, you know, use it in your business. Um, and, and he's trying, he wants to protect where that IP goes. And I I do, I understand that. And that's his method that he chose to go. We are going to be um, leaning more into this concept of truly building with the community. And I'm not afraid of what you may do with your character proof. And again, I come back to the idea that if you do something, if and I say you, the broader you, if someone does something that's detrimental to us as a collection, as a company, and we all see that, then... I believe that the true way that we can enforce that is going to be through the social contract. Now, I get that there's a lot of people that are like, and, and you, Chicago, might be saying, this guy's insane. And I get it that it, it moves <laughs> so far away from what, has, what people have traditional done, traditionally done. Disney would probably never be comfortable with something like this, right? Um, but I am. I'm comfortable with it, and and I and it's and it really I think embraces the Web three ethos. It was experimental when the Board Apes did it. A lot of other people followed. They really didn't have a good path most for real IP expansion. I do think we have a good path for it, and I'm really excited to for the community members that want to do something with their character to help shape their story. I I, I love to see it. And for people like B-Jamps that just want to hold them and collect them for the collectible thesis that it's the first proof of stake, it's cool art, it's part of a larger franchise, and, he, and they don't want to do any of that, they don't have to. Um, and I'm pretty excited about all of that. So I, I hope that helps unpack the question. But, um, you know, I'm definitely not going to stand here and say that I think we're going to be able to run out and sue anybody that uh, misappropriates a, a character proof art. Um, I, I, I just, I don't, my gut says that, you know, that would be a tough hill to climb.
No, that's 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 great. That's thank you so much for uh, going into that. I I apologize to the rest of the folks for the technical question right off the bat. Uh, I I promise I'll keep those to a minimum in the future as long as I get at least one non-bounty bounty. Uh, but thanks a lot. No, I think, this I, think part- I think it's definitely important, and I want everybody to understand it because um, you know it's part of understanding what you own and. And and I, and, I, and I won't belabor the point much more either, but like one of the things that – and I try to use this example because it's outside of our community. And I and so everybody knows I love the CryptoPunks. And I actually posted on Twitter back when I owned punks kind of before the run-up. And when there was basically – Larva Labs would not clarify an IP stance from, from, the, from them. I understood the – the fact that it might not be copyrightable from the whole idea of is an attribute collection copyrightable. I knew that. I understood that. But they would not clarify that as far as Weary Lava Labs are concerned, you, holders, can, can do what you want with your punk. You can put it on your logo if you want. You can do things with it. I sold all my punks because of that issue. And I bought them back. I bought, well, not those exact punks. I bought back into the punks after Yuga Labs acquired and released the IP. That was a huge deal for me. I haven't ever used my – well, I take it back. I did put them on our trading cards. But I haven't done anything crazy with the IP. It's not that I really wanted to do a whole lot. It just really added to my pride and ownership of the collectible. And I think it's one of the things that digital has over physical. I have no IP rights in my Tom Brady cards. But my Wonders of the First Character proofs, I will. And and that's exciting to me. And, and again, to the extent that that right is a legal right in a court is not as important to me as is that it's a it's – a, it's a social contract right, and that that is important to me. Yeah, and this portion of BPX After Dark is brought to you by uh, Horowitz, Hoover, and Smith Law Firm of Chicago. Thank you very much for bringing that up, Chicago. I really appreciate <laughs> you starting us off with the. Couldn't couldn't you tell us about like Chicago politics and where the bodies are buried before you go into that? No, I. It's, I appreciate you bringing that up because actually Chicago, a lot of folks, including Petrarca, who just showed up and said, I appreciate getting ripped on already for my non-bounty bounty. But Petrarca, he's one of the new people. He's excited about the IP. Uh, definitely has touched a vein, the, the IP aspect of this. So I appreciate you bringing that up. But right now, I, I actually am going to in, interrupt the discussion to introduce the host of the show, B-Jamps, who was probably claiming his 6,000 wonders that he has coming to him. Jams, <laughs> hey. Good evening, good evening. Sorry to be a little late. <laughs> were, were you claiming wonders? Is that what you were doing? No, it's I, I don't have I don't have a good excuse. I was having trouble getting my son to sleep, and I ended up falling asleep with him. So <laughs> that's a great. My excuse. wife just my wife just ran in. She goes, "Don't you have that show?" <laughs> <laughs> oh well, that's better than what your wife letting you sleep and hoping it that um that it goes away. All right, well, yeah, I appreciated so, it. <laughs> so, Jams, the the only thing you missed it uh, is Chicago came up on stage and he was asking a question about IP, and I think you can tell by Frenchie's answer that's where he was coming from. Um, I did want to let you know, Jams, that we do have Zarek. He's on stage, and then also, ooh, we we lost SWY Nut. Looks like he he fell off the stage, but um, uh, and of course SWY Nut's the one who. I think it was the punk, right? He's the one who won the punk and um, the crypto punk. And so it looks like you just have Zarek on stage right now, James. Cool. Zarek, uh, have, you, have you spoken at all yet? I have not. Uh, like, I wasn't sure why uh, 
why I was invited on stage, I feel like Slappy was about to put me on the spot for something that I'm 100% <laughs> not prepared for. <laughs> so, Zarek, did you hear the Q&A this afternoon, the one at 4.30? Yeah, I was, I was, I was able to listen in to most of that. Um, and I guess I, I, I might have missed, I probably missed some of the other conversations around it. Um, around the wonders and and whatnot, but like I, I did have a question. I was actually actually I was saving it for now. <laughs> no, no, that's um, okay. That's okay, Zarek, because you said you didn't know why I brought you. I'm teasing. Yeah, the floor is all yours, Zarek. Okay, <clears throat> so I was just wondering, um, like a lot of what's been talked about so far is all about the art and how the art's been generated and whatnot, whatnot, uh, like you know how it was done and the, the thought process behind it. But um, I was wondering, um, like. There's like 5,000 pieces already and we're, you're getting ready to, you know, print out the, these booster boxes. Like how, how much of the actual gameplay and mechanics are hammered out? Like is that all going out in those booster boxes and like they're technically playable at that point? Like that's – like I think you mentioned before, like a, a typical booster ex, like set is maybe 300 cards, right? And you're at like – Five thousand. Like, how are you gonna? Uh, how how does like the gameplay aspect of work? Like, is it gonna work? And like, you know, what is what's printed in the booster boxes? Does it actually have all the proper mechanics and everything already thought out? You know, that's that's what was on my mind. Yes, that's that's a great question and one that um, probably has a little bit of a misunderstanding there for you that I can correct. And, and if you have it, I'm certain other people will have it as well. Um, have mentioned it on a few spaces, but you know, like it goes, man, if you're not there and don't hear that one thing, you just don't hear it. The, uh, the, the, the first release existence will not have all 5,000 characters. I mean, it, they're not all going to show up in that first version. Um, the, the Hey, uh, Brian, Fren Frenchie, one question. When you say the first release, do you mean these 5,000 serialized boxes or the production run that's the production come of after? existence? So existence is like the first, it, it's okay. like, um, it's like, that's like Disney Lorcana first chapter. It's like Magic the Gathering Alpha. It's like Pokemon 1999 base set. Like that's what existence is. So I don't want to speak for Tinsman. Um, I will admit that I have not micromanaged that process to, enough to know exactly how many playable tokens he has. But I, it's, it's, I'm pretty confident it's under 300. So that means that about you know, let's assume it's 300. And I don't, I think, I think that's high just for the record. I'm just using a round number and I don't know what it is. I'd have to literally ask Tinsman. But um, that means that, you know, 300 of the characters would, would make it into uh, the actual existence set. And then the next set that comes along would presumably have, you know, use a, lot, a, a different set of characters. And then some of the characters that are your, 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 your primaries that assume a, more forward position in the game or ones that are that players uh, really love. Hey, Frenchie, can I ask you, yep. Frenchie, one question for you just before you go further. So the existence scent, so you've got potentially 5,000 boxes. There's 60 cards in each one. So we're talking just for, 300. Just for, the, just for the collector boosters, yes. Yeah, okay, so that's 300,000 that are going to be right there. So of the 5,000 characters that have been designed, mm -hmm. within those first 300,000 that are going to be in the first 5,000 serialized physical boxes, Yep. There will be probably, and you you said you don't know for sure, but probably around three hundred or a little bit less characters. That's the most we'll find out of those three hundred thousand cards, correct? Correct, and I and I plan to put 
I, I've talked to the family of, of JJ and I do plan to put John Breakbang in, which is an expansion character. He'll be our first expansion character. He's not in this. He's not in the character proofs. He'll get a character proof and he'll go into the game. Um, so that's one slot that'll get taken. That's not in that, uh, in that random, but that's, that's the way. So the, so basically the IP will get cherry picked for, the existence release and then the next release, which I'm not, I'm not going to spill. I know the name, but I'm not going to spill it. (laughs) The next release, which, which was like a year later, um, would have more of the character proofs will be, will, will, will be used in that. And, um, you know, we have, I'm, I'm working on a deeper relationship with the folks at Macroverse and I've been talking to them about a, uh, a, a graphic, a, a, a graphic story put together that may use completely different characters that are in than are than what make it into the first game set. Um, so yeah, if I definitely, I've tried, I've definitely tried to say that. I, I hope if everyone, I, I hope everyone wasn't expecting that all five thousand characters will be in the card set. That that would definitely be. We, there's no way we could do that. Like that would be way too many cards for a single release. Um, you know, it took magic. We kind of did a back of the napkin. It, it, we think it took Magic probably ten years to get to put five thousand characters into the wild. Five thousand, you know, counting artifacts and lands, everything. It would it probably took them about ten years. So we have enough characters established to uh, to, to sustain us for a while on the on the CCG side for sure. And there will come some needs for you know ex- some expansion, and I, I mentioned this too because you know I think most people, especially those that are uh, have been deep in the community, recognize that the 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 contract that was created had ten thousand tokens stake. Well, and, and five- Frenchie, before you go to the other five thousand, talk yep. about expansion. Just to yep. understand, when you're talking expansion, we're only going to see three hundred characters originally, so you don't consider the other 4,700 characters, quote-unquote, expansion. They're just there, ready to drop, and you're going to do that every year. So you have some kind of schedule over the next 10 years where those other 4,700 are going to drop. Be just before we get to the other 5,000, chances. Correct. It's yeah, okay, I just correct. want to understand that part. Yes, oh, yes. It, and it, 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 and before you, in, in next year, so every time you do a drop, is there going to be another uh, um, serialized physical booster box drop for those 300 or 500 or 200 that drop next year and the year after, like, will there be another box just like this when that group is dropped? I hope that we establish a meta here that the market falls in love with and this becomes repeated and I hope other companies copy it. So um, that's my hope. Yeah, I I hope this goes just smashingly well. And, you know, that card supply is not enough card supply to truly get a big collector base. It's not, we don't have enough to send to hobby shops. Like we, that's where the player boosters come in. And, and those are, those are going to be booster boxes that will have more cards. The vast majority will be paper cards, meaning they do not foil. Um, and they're, they're made to, to beat the crap out of and play the game with. And the collector boosters are, uh, you can play with them. They're fully playable cards. Uh, but you know, I don't. I don't think most people will. I think. I think most people that that have those will sleeve them, keep them, grade them, whatever the case may be. So I, we're really trying to be intentional with creating a product from day one where we have a clear lane for the collector, a clear lane for the player. If you want to do both, you just you you can you can easily cross over and do both. But you can kind of pick your lane that you want to be in there. And I think that intentionality from the beginning of collectability, and it'll allow us to keep our one of the, one of the things that's plaguing uh, these other um, 
CCGs is trying to balance secondary market value of the cards while still adhering to the way they've always done it and also not piss off all their players by making the cards too scarce. So they're leaning into more, you know, try, they try to do the foils, the alt arts to kind of create that value, but they're all having to try to bring a, 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 a player base along that that's not necessarily endemic to how they've enjoyed that product all along. And, and all you have to do is go into some forums for Pokemon or magic, and you'll see the number of disgruntled people that are in there. Now they're, they're wildly successful and they, they make, you know, their, their franchises are incredibly valuable. So they're doing a lot right. And it'd be foolish to think they aren't, but I think it can be done even better. And that's, that's what I hope we can do to establish a clear collector line, a clear player line as it relates to the CCG. And I, I really think that's going to be a winning formula. All right. And so you were about to go into the other 5,000 expansion and I just wanted <laughs> yeah, I just you want to, to finish, sure on, finish on the like first but but uh, Frenchie, the last thing is you would expect the next set of, uh, next set of characters to drop Q4 next year, or is it? Is, should we expect like yeah, a year? I don't. I don't, I don't you, wanna, you have I no don't idea wanna, right now. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I have a I have an idea, but I don't. It's it's so far okay. out. I don't want to try to. No, that's to predict it. that's okay. But, what I'm trying to anticipate at, is people will have a lot of questions after this. I'm trying to anticipate as many as I can. And again, everybody's welcome to come up on stage, Frenchie wants people to come up on stage and ask questions. So you can, if you're thinking it, at least 10 other people are thinking it. So come up and ask it so we can get it out. So I, that's that's good. If you say you don't know, like we're not going to push you. So Frenchie, the other 5,000, the expansion. So when does that, you, are you even thinking about that artwork or where not, are you going to go? Other than, when other than John Breakbang, no. I haven't, just, it's, what you can expect to see there is a very slow, like I like Ghetto asked this earlier. Matt asked in, in Discord what the plan, and I told him I was like, we're literally talking about decades worth of additional opportunity to, to add new characters. Again, it took Magic ten years to do their first five thousand. We start with five thousand. Maybe in ten years we're at ten thousand. Like that. That we're definitely not talking about next year we're going to be having some big mint where it's like hey come get a thousand new character proof that's not happening that is not happening you can record this you can pin it whatever it's it would be it just it would be dumb in a lot of different ways and i'm confident saying that's not going to happen what you what may happen is the next release after existence maybe there are 10 new characters that come along that have a certain specific role and those character proofs would then be pulled in the physical product that that's where I want to go with that. So if I the next ten characters that show up, you could expect that when you get a collector booster, you may open a pack and in there is a QR code and congratulations, you just got one of those expansion character proofs. And I think that will be a massive chase if if everything else is successful. The opportunity to hit the new character proofs into the future, I think, can be a really good model for the. Um, for the boxes, and that's how I'm looking to, to push them out. Is that completely set in stone? No, because maybe that maybe that process, the whole serial, maybe it doesn't work, right? And if it doesn't, so we'll Fr Frenchy, just just so I understood you correctly, is that you're saying for the expansion five thousand, the other five thousand of the ten thousand NFT contract, that's the 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 wonders, the the, the first, first proof, on, proof yeah. is that you're saying some of the next five thousand. Of course, that's what everybody who's busy claiming there's right now want to know how do i get the second 5000 so you're saying possibly what will happen is it'll be an insert in the physical boxes hopefully in, a, in 10 years in a very slow roll yes okay. over over a, over a lot of years 
Yes. And 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 uh, Legend did have one question in the Discord where he said, um, "Will there be redemptions in the in the serialized physical collection booster boxes, the collector's yeah. boosters as well?" No, everything will be everything will be packed out. Um, the game you all are going to get play and you're going to get print and plays in January. I mean, frankly, we could do it sooner, but man, we got to take a break. <laughs> so um, we are going to try to really just. Once once you get basketball and and we know all is good there, we're gonna shut it down for like uh, I'd like to shut it down for three almost three full weeks and just give everybody that time off, um, and then we'll come back in January ready to rock and roll and a lot of cool stuff. But uh, the you know the print and plays and stuff could be ready right away. But I just don't want to have a bunch of questions and stuff when we don't have people you know ready to answer them and, and stuff like that. So, but the 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 game model. I mean, we've had tens been engaged now for. He's been with us, what, six six plus months? How long has he been with us? Is Kish on stage yet? I saw him getting the audience. If we could bring Kish up, that'd be great. Um, but Brian's been with us for a, a good while now, and he's been he's been involved in how we were bringing this world together. You know, he, I don't know if you saw, if you caught the space. He was on with us the other day where he talked about, you know, we worked with him to make sure that the the taxonomy of how the world is built and how the, the, the different characters are layered we wanted to make sure that while Wonders of the First is an IP catalog, we, we really wanted to make sure that IP catalog plugged in really well and seamlessly with uh, the CCG model. And so, you know, that's why we that's that's the role that he had in 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 that side of things. Um, and so he's been, you know, really right there the whole time. So, um, and and again, concurrently getting the 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 development of the game itself ready to go. Now, when you do print and play, you're not gonna know that it's Mariah Firetongue is the character you're playing. You'll know that you're playing a legendary character. You'll know that they have this power that does this thing, um, but you you won't know that it's Mariah Firetongue until you actually, until the pack's release. And then that, that would obviously be a, a nice surprise right there as the, as the release happens. So which characters made it in? I mean, you, I would say don't expect to know which characters made it in until we're in the marketing phase for the release, which is generally, you know, a month before the product goes. Zerk, did that did that cover what you were talking? I realize he answered a lot and I asked a couple follow-ups, but did you have any follow-up questions, Zerk? Uh, nope, that was, I mean, that was a lot and more. <laughs> yeah, I feel, like I, I feel like I talked that one in circles a bit, frankly. Um, that one was not asked earlier, so I didn't have, I, I, that wasn't my second pass through that question. Um, I feel like I, I rambled through it a bit, but again, just to all 5,000 characters will not be in existence, the physical set. Um, expect three under 300. And I don't, again, I'm, I'm hoping I'm not overshooting that number too much. Um, I mean, some Disney Lorcano has 150 cards in it. So I, I'm just not sure where Tins been planning to land that one. So I, I think between 100, 150 and 300 is probably a safe range. And that's how many characters will make it in. And the only one that I'm planning to be in that is not going out as a character proof next week in the reveal is is John Breakbang. So everything else will get pulled from the the character proofs that you all will will hit. And and you could hit a secondary character that does go in the game. Like every primary is not going in existence. Some of them that, that is just that's just not how it will work. Some of the primaries have to be saved for later. So. You could hit a weapon or an item or land. You could hit a secondary, and it could be in existence. So that's part of the fun in seeing how your character evolves and how it gets used. And, and your character could show up in the first 
the first graphic novel. It, and, and it could show up in, you know, canonized lore sooner than something else does. It could, you just, there's a lot of different ways this can go, and that's part of the fun. You know, I love that. Um, getting back to the JJ, for some of the newer members, not everybody saw it, but of course, Breaking Bangers, uh, JJ was a foundational part of the community, he passed away uh, tragically um, at a young age, and you, you created this awesome character, uh, Jeff, for him. And I will say that the the character you created, I mean, it's awesome. I try to put a, a a wallpaper on over at Radish Digital. We have a page just for Wonders of the First, and so I try to put you know an image behind it, whatever the announcement is. And it's funny, I play with different ones, but man, that JJ when I tile that thing around, and it's just like a wall of JJs looking at you behind the announcement. It's by far my favorite one that I put behind the announcements, which is, I can't wait for it. And we should mention, right, there's a bounty out there by Big Dobbs. You heard about that, right, Frenchie? Huh. He he said he's willing to pay uh, 0.5 ETH to the person who gets it, and he will pay JJ's family 0.5 ETH. So there's a one ETH bounty out there. You only get half an ETH, but you're taking care of JJ's family with the other half. So um, thanks to Dobbs for putting that out there. So again, so, so let, let's let me make sure that's clear. The um, John Breakbang is he's the first expansion character, and I was going to give that token to Libby, his wife, and <laughs> so that one's not going to be in the reveal. All right. Well, then that's good to know for Dobbs. I know I saw him post that the other day. So that's a obviously everybody. That's a great um, gesture that you're doing. So um, Jeff, I don't know if you want to share it on stage. I now, know what before we, now what we are going to do. This is a great time to market this a little bit because I, and I'm going to market this as hard as I can, and I really hope everybody will show up. We're going to do a um, an edition of that card. And everybody can come and mint one, and they can make an a, an optional donation to the family, and um, and that way we can all have that in our wallet, and it'll be a separate contract, and um, I'll probably make it. I, I could talk to y'all about it. I, I, Soulbound, maybe not. I, was, I I don't really want to create a market around that card per se, like the edition, but. Um, I don't want it to be locked in your wallet and you get stuck in if you need a new wallet or something either. So it, we need some way to move it. But long story short, I, I want the community to be able to have that card in a in a digital form that they could put in a frame or anything they wanted to to do with it. And then the only thing we're gonna that I'm gonna ask is that to get one, just make a donation to the family. And I mean that could be 0.01 or it could be a hundred ETH, whatever whatever you want. And um, you know it's well documented that. As much as we all love JJ, he didn't didn't have his insurance stuff straight, and that's that's obviously very unfortunate for the family. And um, you know, we're just trying to. They, there is some there's some stuff around the fact that he was in a car accident. There was a commercial vehicle involved, but those things take a lot of time. And uh, anything we could do there that would help the family bridge and kind of get to where that that stuff may help, I think would be great. And I figured we'd do that in January, just let everybody get through the holidays. And I, I just thought that the um, just might be a little lighter on everybody's wallet to do it in January. So, so that'll be coming. And I, and I definitely hope everyone will participate in that to some degree, even if it's, even if it's small, just whatever you can do. And Frenchie, I remember you sharing the artwork before you had shared it with his family. And I don't remember, you might've posted something after you shared it with the family, but if it's too personal, I understand if you don't want to share it, but when you shared it with the family, what you had been working on, can you share what their general thoughts and their feelings were? Um, pretty, pretty overwhelming. Um, if you remember, the first version, so I, I actually did that art myself, and um, using using the AI. But I, it, you know, it would it's it 
it, it was a, definitely a labor of love. And the first version I had, I really liked it. And he was going to, I was going to make him into a boundless. And then I got to talking to Kish and we were saying, you know, there's no reason he can't, you know, we, we get to write the rule. Right. So we decided to make him, um, the, the, the boundless guardian of Petraeus. So he still gets that power of being boundless and able to move around realms. And at the same time, he still gets that green look that fits Petraea, which is, you know, it's just totally JJ. And, um, and so when, when they saw that, uh, it was, it was definitely a, a really strong reaction from the family. They, 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 they definitely loved it. And, um, and it was, it was definitely heartwarming and, um, you know, it, it'll just make us think of JJ for forever, really. And that's, that's, I think that's great. You know, as, as long as every time you come across that token, if you have one in your wallet <laughs> or you get the card in the set for the rest of your life, when you hit it, you'll remember that was my buddy, JJ. And, um, and, and even those that only knew him online, um, I mean, JJ was a lovable guy, man. And, <laughs> you know, one of my first dealings with JJ, he and I got crossed up on the pricing of a, of a geek where I, I thought he was offering a legend. He was offering a hero. I said, I'll take it. And then he's like, and I sent, or I was trading him a hero. So I traded him the hero for the hero. And he's like, no, the trade's for a legend. And I was like, oh crap, I messed that <laughs> up. Um, and, but I obviously honored the deal. And, um, and then I met him for the first time at a card show and I was like, man, this is a, this is a pretty cool dude. He's, he's just a, just a lovable guy. Like, um, and then the more I was around him, the more lovable, you know, he became and just, I mean, he was, he was just, he was just a, he was just a really genuine, good person. Like, um, JJ was a good guy and, and, and he'll definitely be missed. Yeah. Thank, uh, thank you so much for doing that. I know for most people in the community that, um, yeah, we miss JJ and it's awesome to be part of a community where it means that much, where somebody, uh, somebody's lost and you do so much Frenchie. So thank you. Um, I, to turn it around a little bit is that, um, it's hard. And I, we know for everybody who saw the video that you released is obviously it's, it's hit you very hard. I, I try to turn it around. Like we'll, we'll focus back on the wonders, um, which of course, that's the great thing about JJ, right? Is take his loss and, and immortalize him in the wonders. We were talking about that before I see Kisher. Um, he came up on stage and I can't remember Frenchie, if you were going to ask Kisher something. Um, and maybe I was, gonna, Kisher I, remembers. I was just asking if he, I was going to ask if he had any idea where the, where the card count is from, um, that Tinsman's thinking for the for, for the existence release. Has he spoken to that? Like where he thinks the right number is for, for existence? Can you hear me? Yep. Yep. You sound oh, great. listen to that. Look at Elon Musk must have fixed Twitter spaces for Android. Um, <laughs> we haven't landed on a final number uh, that's specific. We are looking to be somewhere in, you know, the 200 range to 300 range. Um, it is. Uh, it is yet to be decided what that final count is. Okay, so I was I wasn't too far off my rocker there. So that's good. Yeah, that's great. I will say is like jams is that I had no idea where the character count was going to come from. I know Tex Hooper has been asking me daily about that, but jams, did you did you have any idea where that was going to land? No, no, I I, I don't have a uh, a TTG background, so hearing that it could be one fifty to three hundred, I mean, I guess that. <laughs> You know, I, I, I can wrap my head around that. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Yeah. I think it's a TCG thing. Sorry, Frenchie. I was going to say, the original Pokemon Kish, this is back in your era when you were like neck deep. It's 151 or the original kind of like, isn't that the number? Or is it 181? 151, right? 
for Pokemon? Well, the original the original Pokemon count is yeah, 151. However, the card set had obviously trainers and whatnot in it as well. Um, you know, the hard part is for us is when we were deciding, okay, well, if we only do you know 150 cards or whatever that looks like, uh, you know, how do we pick what orbitals get like? You know, there's so many tokens, right? And there's a lot of hierarchies, and there's um, if we did 150, you'd only get like six of each hierarchy from each orbital. Um, and so it wouldn't really be a whole lot. It'd be really hard to choose on our end, at least. Good. Well, and I did have one question for you guys. Okay, the math doesn't add up, and maybe you uh, covered that in the Q&A today. So you're talking about 5,000. Okay, and so tokens zero through six, right? Zero is going to have its own one-of-one one artwork. on. Uh, and wait, let me back up. I'm talking about the serialized physical booster boxes. So um, serial number 0000 is going to have its own artwork. And then the first six planets have their own uh, orbitals, have their own artwork, right? So that takes care of seven, right? Seven of the 5,000 boxes? Yep. And then we have the um, the lords of each planet, which is, you call them forms, I think, right? First, first forms. Forms. So the first form of the six planets, they each get 100 um, boxes. And so yep. that's going to be 600. So that brings us up to 607. So that yep. tells me that we have 4,393 that are left, but you talk about 4,200 dragon boxes. So what am I missing on so the difference? There's, um, so there's the, uh, so the way it's going to work, you, you, hit, you hit box numbers 0 through 6 perfectly. Then numbers 7 through 99 get the uh, avian high lord, and I actually chose that box for Kish because he worked so hard on this. And that was actually a character that Kish did himself. And he was pretty, he just liked that character. And so I just said, we're going to do it. And I snatched that one and said, that one's going on the first 100 boxes that aren't those one of ones. And, so and, and gets, this is not, this isn't a form of an orbital. This is just a Lord. He's a, yeah, his, he, I guess, he's a primary character, right, Kish? Kisher? Yeah, sorry, I had to I had to unlock my phone. Yeah, he is a le I believe he's a for sure a primary character. I, right now I can't remember if he's legendary. I think he's a legendary though. Avian High Lord. Yep. Yeah, so he'll he'll be on so basically if you have him, it's a it's one of the first 100 serial numbers. And then we matched the serial number range for the 100 boxes that go to Petraya. It's box number 100 through 199. And those actually match because Petraya is, in the character proofs, Petraya is token number one. And then token number two, I'm actually not sure what the next one is. Which What's what's token two, Chris? I think Sulfera is token two, followed by Tallwind. So the, ranges will, so the ranges will match. So Sulfura will be range from 200 to 299. Then Thalwind will range from 300 to 399. So that first number will match back to the character proof so that range kind of makes sense. And okay, and so I'm I'm embarrassed to ask this, Frenchie and Kisher, and my apologies, because again, like Jams, I don't have a background in TCG. Uh, I definitely am thinking I'm going to become more so with this. I'm very intrigued by it. But when you talk about Petraya, and I'm getting all the names mixed up, Petraya is one of the six orbitals, or Petraya is the... What's what's Petraya again? It's one of the six Pet orbitals. It's the one that okay. has the uh, it's the green one that has the roots coming out of it. Okay, so you're telling me when when we talk about those six orbitals, right? You, we we did through 100 is going to be uh, the primary character that Kisher loved, 
And then we have the six orbitals. So what's the other hundred then beyond the six or, and I apologize that I don't know the orbital names, but you have the six orbitals, you have the hundred that we just talked about, the seven um, token zero through six, and then the 93 for the character that Kisher loves. And then what's the last hundred to get us to 4,200 dragon boxes left? A, a mathematical error by Jeff. It's 43. <laughs> It'll be 4,300 dragon boxes. <laughs> <laughs> sorry jeff sorry it's it's been killing me so every time i hear you in a spaces i'm like this doesn't add, and i keep asking everybody and they're like i don't know stuck in, a number gets stuck in your head man and you keep with it it's i was 100 off you're right it's you mean seven, you, 700 you, it's 600 you, to cover the first forms then the other then the then that first hundred range six of which are one or, or seven of which are one of ones and then the avian high lord and then the final 4300 boxes would be the dragon boxes and uh, since we're breaking down these numbers, I see uh, Petrarca had a question in the in the thread, which said, "Is there a breakdown somewhere of the rarity for orbitals and legendary?" So, of course, we just broke down the orbital serial numbers. Um, and I'm assuming, actually, Petrarca, I assume you're talking about the serialized physical booster boxes, and not talking about the breakdown in the uh, character proofs. But when it comes to the boxes, the serialized physical boxes. Is there anything that shows us odds in terms of um, the rarity for legendary? And because when you guys are talking about these other things, I know about the orbitals. I know about tokens zero through six. I don't mm -hmm. really understand like when you started talking about this character that Kisher loves, that's legendary. That's where you're starting to lose me a little bit. But is there a, a cheat sheet that tells us like, okay, there's going to be five levels. There'll be this many of this and this many of this. Kind of like how, not to ruin it for the non-HTH people, but kind of like, you know, Home Team Heroes. Have we have the odds for whether we're going to pull, pull Aqua Black or ColorPop? Yeah, it's, it'll be, so it'll, it'll be, that is the metadata that will reveal with the token. So like you'll get a reveal and you'll know it'll be legendary, yes or no you'll know their orbital class, which is kind of a higher level class. And then, and then Kish, this is you, man. So you if, jump in on this, but what's the other class? I mean, I've seen all this, but I can't just, I just can't recount it all from memory. But before I turn it back over, before I turn it to Chris and let him run with it a bit, um, essentially what that will do is it will take, it will just take you through the taxonomy hierarchy that we've built around the characters. But here's one thing that I would greatly caution everyone on this space don't just grab your token and trade it because you're like, oh, I got a, mine's not legendary. It's an, it's a, it's an artifact and I really want a living character. So I'm just going to trade up. Well, in the, if, if I would encourage you to just kind of look at what you like and think about like, would you, how would you want that story to evolve around that? Because there are common cards in T, in a lot of CCGs that are really amazing cards and they end up with a really, just a really strong fan base around them. Like I'll give you a good example. In Magic the Gathering, Alpha Release, um, there's, a, there's, there's a simple card. It's a common, it may be an uncommon, but it's still a lot of them. Even uncommon, there's still a lot of uncommons. Um, it's, a, it's, it's called Lightning Bolt. And it's literally just a picture of a lightning bolt coming out of the sky. And if we revealed that, in a similar card to that in Wonders of the First, I think the initial person that gets it will think, okay, I got a pretty common card here. But fast forward two years later and Lightning Bolt is a, this ubiquitous thing that everybody just kind of knows about and loves. And it looks good. It would present well in a frame. Um, 
you could definitely screw yourself up trading that air quote common lightning bolt for a primary character that maybe doesn't quite get the same amount of run. So this is not going to be, I've said, I've stressed this all along. It's not an attribute straight rarity collection. The first thing I would encourage you to do is, is just look at what you get and, and do you, do you like it? And, and then Frenchie, Eric S said, think of the black Lotus. Yeah. The black Lotus was overpowered from, from, the, from the jump. I mean, it was, it, it, that one got its, it, it, that one really rose to fame because it was so overpowered. Like it was banned very quickly. Um, it was a rare, so it was hard to get. And 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 it, but it was a, a really powerful card. And they, you know, if you read back in the lore of Magic and how that all started, Garfield thought that that card would get balanced because it was so rare. Not everybody would have it. And then essentially all the serious players, like we all do, they all tracked it down. So basically every competitive deck had it, and it just, it just broke the game. And that's why they had to ban it. Um, and that proved that you can't – that actually proved a, a theory for game developers. You can't rely on rarity as a part of your, as a part of your, your power balance in the game. You, you, so, um, yeah, Kish, do you want to elaborate on the um, – on the stuff I was saying there, but it's, it's, that's one your wheelhouse to mine. But yeah, 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 of course. Um, so, you know, we have everything mapped to the entire world of uh, Wonders of the First or the universe of Wonders of the First. And so, what you will see when you unveil is you'll see uh, what we call hierarchies. And uh, with those hierarchies, what you'll be able to um, see is you'll have primary character, secondary character, then there's creatures, then you have artifacts, items, weapons. And then you have land and spells. And in some of those, you have legendaries. Kisher, can you say that one more time and just a little bit slower? Sure thing. So you have primary character, secondary character, creatures. Then you have uh, artifacts, items, weapons, spells, and land. And what was the last one? Land, like location. Oh, land. Sorry. Yep. Yeah. And I mean, and I'll say this too before Kish goes on. I'm, I'm <laughs> the lands, man. There are some amazing lands. Like, um, I think for me personally, that's that's probably one of the one of the things I'm going to uh, go after is is trying to build like a, a neat little portfolio of uh, of lands from each each orbital. Uh, now, the, the oh, wait, wait, Frenchie, I have to so stop cool. you for the newer folks. When we used to play the Raz. You would not tell folks what you were going. Or you wouldn't be the first one to buy a gold because you didn't want to influence the market. And so you just revealed that you're going to be going for land. And the smart people on here who've been around for a couple of years know that when EF Hutton talks, people listen. And so I can't believe you just revealed that you're going after land. I mean, there's a, there's a fair chunk of them in there. So I mean, you know, and I'm going to reveal some. I mean, I've got my own stack too. So. Yeah, I'm not. I mean, it's. It, I don't think I'll be alone in that. I mean, that's that's a popular collection in Magic. People like to collect the lands. Magic has what's called dual lands. Yeah, but People love to collect Frenchie, those. I have I have to tell you, and like it's for you and Kisher. James and I on the stage don't know anything about TCG. So when you say that's not a surprise, I think for a lot. And and Frenchie, if, I'm sure you know the demographics. What percentage of the people? claiming the wonders are actually TCG people know anything about not TCG a, not, not a huge amount they're mostly collectors and not and I think that's great and that's what the, that's what I built the collector booster for I mean I know a lot about magic um early magic I, I know a lot about it and, I, and it's because I collect it 
I mean, I I love my PSA 10 Lotus. It's one of my favorite cards. And not because I ever played it or it, I just I just really appreciate the IP. I, I as, as I learned more about it, I learned more about Christopher Rush, the artist that that made it, that drew it, and unfortunately he's passed away. I started collecting his signed art proofs and we all find our lane. And and you're talking to a guy who's as hardcore of a sports collector as, as you can find. But I'll tell you, man, when you get into this stuff where I've used the analogy several times, you don't have to worry about Pikachu pulling a hamstring. And once you kind of move into that CCG world, it's super addictive to start collecting. And you never have to play the card. You never have to know how to play it. And there's still so much joy you can get in collecting these things. I think I think a lot of you guys, if you if that that, that, that if you if you if you spent if you said, look, I'm going to spend five hours and dig into Magic: The Gathering, early Magic, and I'm going to consider collecting it. Don't worry about the gameplay. Just worry, just the art, the the supply, what's rare, what's common, what's um, you know an artist that you vibe with, and and then you can look at their individual cards. You might be shocked that you'll turn into a Magic collector, and. And I and I hope that that that's the that's the way that Wonders of the First will get treated on the collecting side. I know a lot of you guys are never going to play the game. That's totally cool. Um, I'm going to make sure that you have a lot of stuff that's built for you that you can enjoy without playing the game. And then the character proofs are bigger than the game. Like I said, Wonders of the First is not a CCG. Wonders of the First is an IP catalog, and its first use is is to is to use that IP on a CCG. Um, it looks like James. We've got Legend who came up on stage, and then also Alex. Uh, Alex, we'll go to Legend first, just because he's he he requested first. Legend. Yeah. Yeah. Can you hear me? Yep. Got you loud and clear, man. Yeah, I just <clears throat> I had one question. Uh, did you guys give any thought into naming the collection? Uh, anything? Other than the character proofs, <laughs> Kisher, did we give that any thought? Yeah, well, Kisher is coming off. Yeah, we did. Every phone. time, every time I get on, I have to like unlock my phone, swipe right, and then like put in a ten-digit code. <laughs> we gave it a lot of thought—five to fifteen hours of thought. Just Not on more. that topic. Just on yeah. That topic. Like wait, we, wait. So you guys, you guys know what the you. You know what the abbreviation is for character proof, right? Uh, CP? CP. Yeah. What What do you think people trade in the HDH universe? What are people tra chasing? Uh, I mean, color pops. Uh, yeah, I, I will CPs. admit that, that that one we did. That one I. That's the first time I've thought of that. Um, Kisher, you want to unpack why it's a character proof? Because ultimately, that was you were the one that came up with that, and and then I vibed with it very quickly, and then we we kept testing it and kicking it around, and we came back there. But why don't you explain your logic there? Yeah, um, so you know we're all familiar with the Marauders map from Harry Potter. We're all familiar with the Infinity Stones from the MCU. Everything in the Wonders of the First Universe is a character because everything has a story. It doesn't matter if it's a legendary first form primary character or if it's a black belt item uh, or whatever it looks like. You know, what we wanted to do was give the community and ourselves room to dive into what each of these things are, where they came from, what stories they have to tell. And so we see every single one of our tokens or pieces of art as the next Infinity Stones, as the next 
Marauder's Map as the next one ring to rule them all. Yeah, and our working name for a long time was Art Proofs or Artist Proofs. And and Kisher was like, man, Jeff, I just don't think that has enough. I don't remember the exact word you used, gravitas, the one I'll use. It just wasn't, it just didn't carry enough weight to truly uh, illustrate what what it was. And like, so then I was like, all right, well, then what what does do that? And then literally just hours of, we, we were going in chat GPT, giving, letting it give us suggestions and, I'm just I'm just trying to think back on how how that I mean I remember one particular breakout you and I got on and we were like the only thing we're working on today is what we're going to name this thing and that was I think the <laughs> one where you first put forward character proof and by the end of that call I was vibing with that pretty strong and I said let's sleep on it we came back the next day and we probably spent another hour going through options and 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 then we were like man this, I, this is we we felt like we had it but we didn't want to stop stress testing it. I, I will say that, you know, again, you put different people in the room, Legend, and they may come up with a different answer. But Kish and I were the ones in that room, and we did spend a ton of time thinking about it. And I hope now that, you know, when somebody says, if you want to if, well, well, if influence that character's arc or their story or whatever, you need to go get the character proof. I mean, I, I feel like it fits, and I, and I do feel like it's heavier than carries more weight than oh. art proof did um just curious legend if you i assume if you're asking the question maybe you think that that's not the greatest naming which is totally fine i'm uh, what would you have named it yeah um i haven't <laughs> i haven't given it enough thought i just uh i don't know i was thinking like something maybe like the latin uh version of proof or or something, you know, just something with a little more zing to it. I think it, it, you know, for me, it's just like my initial reaction is it's a little, it's a little just plain in a sense, you know. I will, and I, I will, just, I will say to that to what you just said there. We did, we did kick a lot of that around, like make our own word. Um, that was where we had a lot of stuff out of like chat GPT, looking at like other alternate word meanings. We literally did look up Latin, you know, you know, Latin was the origination of like Petraia. There's other Latin throughout the collection. We thought about all that. And then we just said, you know, we really want this to be something that people, we, we, we've got a, a lot of complexity already in the world in, its, in itself. Let's try to make this descriptive, but yet strong. And that, that's, where we, that's where it came back. But um, I, one thing I can assure you, whether you like it or not, I can promise you it was given a ton of thought. Like that was, um, that was one where we where we we, we agonized over that one um, because well, we knew it was very we knew it was a very important decision. And I know Alex has a question, and we'll get to you in one second, Alex. But I want to give Kisher a chance, which we don't do it enough. I did like that space that you you guys did today at two o'clock, where Kisher had a chance that where they talked about Kisher. It's great because. I don't want to say we take him for granted in our community, but we kind of do, and, and we forget everything that Kisher's accomplished. Is that first of all, everybody on the Block Packs team, they work their butt off, and we appreciate a lot of their accomplishments. Kisher has done a lot, and so when that creativity that's coming from him comes from somebody who's built a lot of things. And Kisher, do you want to just share a little bit uh, with other guild and just some of the other stuff that you've done? You know, my favorite's the five hundred dollar pants. Now, I, by the way, that's real. I'm just teasing you, Kisher. 
they look like great pants. But actually, the other guild, can you just touch on some of this stuff for folks? Because we, we've fallen in love with this great asset you guys have brought over from Magic the Gathering. But we also have a jewel in you who's been here. So tell folks about you. Wow, thank you. Flowers received. Um, <laughs> I have a pretty... <laughs> I have a pretty wide-ranging background as it comes to creativity. Uh, I cut my teeth in the Chicago ad scene and uh, moved to LA, back to LA, uh, to start a VR AR tech company, um, which was probably a little early for its time. Um, you know, I put on lots of events. I used a music festival photographer for 15 years and did a lot of coverage of that. And you know, just coming in, like other guilds, you know, that whole process was just around the idea of like. I used to play games when I was a kid, as you guys know. And, uh, you know, I used to sit there and watch clans and guilds battle each other uh, in spec matches on Counter-Strike on the early Steam. And I was just like, you know, I see Web3 going into this kind of a place. And so Other Guild was created as a space to, you know, really leverage community in Web3. Um, and so that's been a flourishing platform over on the Yuga other side, uh, side of things. And um, what it's allowed us to do, what it's allowed me to do is really, you know, kind of as I don't want to call, I, I don't like the word influence, but it's allowed me to really meet a lot of people who are movers and shakers in the Web3 industry. And Brian Tinsman, uh, you know, met him through other guild and you'll see some of the artwork, but a lot of our digital and website platforms comes from a team uh, out of Canada, also on the project team for other guild. Uh, the animations that you'll see, also the same from another team member of other guilds. So, you know, we've been really blessed to be able to leverage some really amazing talent uh, with some amazing creators from this space, particularly in this industry. And uh, I think it shows in the overall collection. Wow. Thanks, Kisha. Kisha. Feel, free, and I, feel free. Feel free to say none of our, none of my or our business. But where are you? Like that yelling in the background. <laughs> that wasn't me. I thought that was you. I thought someone was no, like. I, mu I muted so people wouldn't think it was me. <laughs> uh, it for sure wasn't me. Oh, actually, you know what? It could have been my goat screaming in the background because I'm you're, a big you're, hippie in Venice. You're what? My goat. His goat. I have a goat. <laughs> I'm joking. That's what it sounded like to me. I thought someone had like a goat. There it is. Who is that? Yeah. Is that you? You're, you're, no, it's not me. You have Tom Brady? You have Tom Brady there? <laughs> it's Alex. It's Sonic the Hedgehog. No, yeah, Alex. Is, oh, yeah, you want to know something anybody on stage can use? If you're on an iPhone, um, Kisher, we can't do it because we have droids. But Tito does it every time he's on stage. He can access the soundboard, and they have a million sounds they can do. They also can access different different music. All right. Anyway, Alex is Legends got a got a final thought, and we'll go to him in a second. But first, let's go over to Alex. <laughs> hey, Alex. Welcome on stage. Hi, everybody. Hey. Did you have a question or a comment, Alex? No. Alex? I like my dog. I'm sorry, is that uh, Alex? Can you say that again? I, uh, James, were you able to hear Alex? I like Definitely my dog. Not. Okay, Alex, it's um, we're just having a little bit of hard time hearing you. I think, so I think I think I think we have a lithium situation on our hands here. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's straight lithium. <laughs> lithium. All right. <laughs> lithium. All right. 
All right. Well, so legend, why don't you, you had a, uh, something you wanted to um, kind of wrap up your question that you started here. Um, go ahead, legend. Yeah. Uh, I think, uh, uh, can you guys hear me? doesn't look like it's, Oh no. Yeah, we can hear you. <laughs> oh, Jeez, you why, why, why are you so negative legend? Jeez, you went straight to Charlie no, Brown, like uh, instantly. Nobody snatched your football. I don't see the little voice thing uh, moving <laughs> next to my name. So, oh, you're talking. But, uh, I think uh, uh, the last the last thing I wanted to hit on uh, what we were talking about, Frenchie, was uh, I think. Uh, oh man, I'm losing my train of thought. But <laughs> did you guys ever consider just calling it just Wonders of the First and just dropping that all together? Yeah, we did. That was on the list too. But okay. we we felt that we needed to define what those were, knowing that we yeah. also wanted to use the, uh, you know, use the NFT based um, uh, process for minting the um, boosters, and hopefully that again, like hopefully that sticks, and it's something that in the future there's a number of those that have been used, and and again, like I guarantee you, somebody is not going to redeem their box on purpose so that we have to put it in a bonfire, and they want to keep their NFT and. I don't think there'll be a ton of those, but I think there will be some. And so that means that those will live on forever. And once we just, we wanted to make sure that this was, you know, not that it had a name that was descriptive of what it is. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I, hopefully it ends up being a good decision. I like it a lot. Um, it, it's, it's, I, I, I think it's, I think as as things unfold, it'll be something that everyone will it will help with a clear delineation. Um, again, man, every everybody you put different people in the rooms, and this is definitely falls into the decision where it could have been named differently. Um, we could have we could have just you know landed on something different, but this is where we landed, and um, you know it's uh, I, I I like it, and I, I hope it'll be one that'll that'll end up uh, being a, a good decision. I pulled that soundboard up on my screen and now I can't get it off. And like, I can't. <laughs> you, you actually have to hit the little stick with the magic stars around it and then it will go away. Yeah. Look at you. You're in Finite 2.0. <laughs> uh, just to, uh, to piggyback on what Frenchie was just saying in terms of the naming too is, you know, one thing we really thought about and we made sure to keep in our thinking is, you know, this isn't just the character proofs release and the existence release. Like we think, we're, we're trying to think about what does this look like in 10 years? What does this look like after we have 20 releases, 20 different sets out? And, you know, look at Magic the Gathering. It's Magic the Gathering, uh, I don't know, uh, Nemesis. Magic the Gathering, um, you know, uh, Oasis or Magic the Gathering Alpha. So we need, some, we, need a, we need last names on these things, right? We need to be able to say, okay, this is, you know, set 13 out of 20 and they all can't be wonders of the first. And so what we really wanted to do was come into this naming, come into our strategy with uh, what does, where do we, where do we stand in 10 years if we do it this way? Yeah. And what if we release playable avatars for the metaverse, wonders of the first, you know, playable avatars. And so, yeah, it needs that kind of secondary name. I, I definitely, we, we pretty quickly decided it had to be more than just wonders of the first. It, um, if it was just, if we were doing like the lost miners and we were just going to, make some characters and turn them, you know, just art and we're going to walk away and leave them. They exist. And sure that, that would have been great. But um, knowing that we want to continue to build and, and utilize that name, uh, we definitely had to put something, something there. 
It's uh, Jams. I'm going to go to you and ask what you think. I, I will say change is hard. I, I was just having a conversation with Petrarca earlier today where I was saying I actively try to accept change because as I get older, I know that you fall into that trap. And so I try to accept change. And I will say it's very hard, right? Because I don't think it's been a year. I don't know, Frenchie, when you told us what the name was going to be, but it feels like for a year we've been saying the wonders, the wonders, we're going to get the wonders. So for folks to be like, oh, I'm not getting a wonder, I'm getting a character proof, is that that's the hard part that, that's a change. But to be honest, the the world that Kisher, you and Frenchie uh, and Tinsman have created is so overpowering, that is the wonders of the first. And so while I got used to the wonders name, is that it makes sense why what I have is not a wonder. It, it's There's got to be a different name because the, the wonders of the first, it just kind of describes what you've created. So I like the fact that the name still lives on. It's just a bigger meaning now instead of a personal meaning. And, and Jams, I, you know, Frenchie asked Legend what name he would have come up with, which is great, great debater, uh, Frenchie, to turn it back on poor Legend, and he's left speechless. Um, but Jams, like, let's turn it on you. So how do you feel about the name, and what better name would you have come up with? <laughs> oh, I wouldn't have come up with a better one. I'm, I'm not... Uh, <laughs> I'm not tripped up by the name. I guess I it, it makes me ask a question though. Like when I hear character, so like you know, there's five thousand of these proofs. I imagine obviously there's going to be a lot of land. There's going to be artifacts. Are those considered characters also? Or yep. okay, absolutely. See, that's, and it, that's and that's just, what trips me up as having no TCG background whatsoever. I hear character. I'm thinking, okay, those are going to be the main guys. Like in the land well, is something let me ask different. You this. When you when you think of uh, the Marvel Universe and the uh, Gauntlet and Thanos, uh, the Infinity Stones all had story and character arcs to them. Uh, the Marauders Map, same thing. You know that has a background that has uh, a history within the world of Harry Potter. And so that's really what we were thinking is when we went into this. How do we give everything story? How does everything not just be a random longsword, but this is you know the Petrian longsword, and it was hidden in the Petrian jungle until this primary legendary character found it and then used it to kill so-and-so, who, by the way, had the Sulfarin longsword, and that was an epic battle. And so that opens up automatically. You can start to think about things in such a deeper, more creative context other than just like, yeah, Thunderbolt, cool. That's where Kish red-pilled me. Like, I, I was exactly <laughs> where you were, Jams. I was like... When, when he said it, I was like, yeah, but I, I, what if it's a sword? And then he said, no, man, that's a character. And then he explained that to me. And then he – I think he used the Marauder's Map. And for anybody that's not a Harry Potter fan, let's not assume everybody is, there's a map that the kids used in in the Hogwarts the school that only you, – you had to cast a little spell on it and it would show you where everybody was. And then that that map had been passed down for like generations. It had been used, you know, 100 years ago. I think it'll probably show up when they do the – some prequel where 100 years previous, that map will probably come back and show up and give us a backstory on it even more. That's that's the example he was using. The one ring in 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 Lord of the Rings, you know, Tolkien definitely that was a character, and that that ring had a very rich lore and story to it. So I was exactly where you are, and when he red pilled me, I was like fully red pilled, and I was like, okay, that makes total freaking sense. I get it. So I get I get it for a lot. It might not be immediately intuitive that your sword is a character, um, but but it, it doesn't take a lot to to kind of get there and and kind of 
get that full red pilling. And real quick, let me circle back to something Scott said. I'm just for the record, like the beauty in a lot of this is for the community, the collector base to talk about something the way that they want to talk about it. Um, and, you know, there are things in magic where it refers to like four horsemen and things that it, you know, they, they, like where you, you begin to get your own, you know, your, 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 your own glossary of words, so to speak. And I'm totally fine if, if this continues to just be called wonders as shorthand, that's, that's, that, that's a beautiful thing. Like you don't have to change um, as long as you all know what you're talking about. I mean, it's our job to be clear about the products and what they are, but the community can absolutely develop their own, their own words for how they describe things. And I, and I, and I do think, you know, my wonders, like I've, I've got three wonders, like it, 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 I don't think anyone in the community is likely to confuse that for a booster box. The, the people no. that have been around for a while, they know what that is. So yeah, by all means, the, the community could continue to use those those terms. I mean, not that I could stop you if I wanted to, but I definitely don't want to. <laughs> well, and I, and I should say that um, Legend and I know each other well, so I'm just teasing Le Legend about that, which I think that's a great question to bring up. I, I was explaining to one of the newer members of the community this summer at National, there were some of the geeks that were there. We all decided to throw in a hundred bucks each to chase after the baseball bounty. And before you knew it, like we were like 800, we're like, let's get two more people. And so we reached out to just a couple people who weren't there. Then everybody heard on the discord and they're like, Hey, I want in. And we ended up with 42 people. I mean, 42 people are like, listen, I got to be in on this. I just want to do it. Like, that's the type of community that Blockpacks is. And I was explaining for some people, it was a headache because for months and God bless Infinite, he kept a channel open for us. He kept the national channel open months after nationals in Chicago had left because we were still discussing what to do with all the, the, the cards we ripped in our national cabal wallet. But I said, you know, there's good and bad. I know some people just want to be done with it. But the good thing is you literally have 42 people in this community who are trying to come to an agreement on how do we dispose of these these assets. We've got this idea. We've got this idea. We're voting on this. No, we've got to do a revote. And like everybody just keeps going on. It didn't devolve into Lord of the Flies. But getting back to your point, Frenchie, is that, I mean, I'm only teasing Legend. I'm glad that he brought that up because like I said, is Legend brought up, I'm sure other people, what he's saying, 10 other people are thinking and more than that. So I appreciate him bringing that up and, um, and, 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 and talking about it, what it, how many people are going to continue to think of it as wonders. So that's a great question by them. And I appreciate guys taking that. I will say is that um, we do have, Zarek, is that I just want to check with you and make sure because you had asked that first question and I can't remember if you had any follow-up questions. At this point, I can't remember either. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I'm, I'm going to let Legend, unless Chicago has another uh, IP question, or actually he can have just a regular question, but I know Legend has a question that'll take us over to Home Team Heroes. And I don't think we'll completely get away from Wonders of the First, but he did have a Home Team Hero question. But um, Chicago, did you have any questions right now? No, no, I'm good. Magic of Mirrors. <laughs> All right. So, um, Legend, do you want to ask your question about the Santa card redemption? Yeah, I will. Uh, <clears throat> I know you talked about there being a random for the Santa cards. Is there going to be a like a redemption, like expiration on those, like expiration date? Or can those be pulled post-reveal? Uh, Um, 
to be completely honest with you, Legend, I can't remember what we had settled on for <laughs> those that left their Santas, like literally sitting in their account unripped. Um, I can't remember. Caroline would have to, like, I, I've been so into Wonders of the First, and obviously Caroline is a great skilled product manager, and she, and this this is our third release, and so I've she's been, frankly, just more in debt to me. I don't want to tell you wrong, and I just don't know the answer. I don't remember if we had a time expiration on those or or not. Um, I'm trying to remember. I know it was discussed. I can't remember where we landed on it. I think we landed... I think we landed that they would stay. It would be fine because originally when we were first... Yeah, I think this is right. I'm going to say this with a caveat. So make sure if you clip this, clip this caveat that I'm not 100% <laughs> sure. But I, I think when we first came up with these, we were going to expire them because they were going to be physical. They were going to be kind of like Reindeer Games was last year where you'd get like an Xbox or something like that. And then we said, man, let's just, let's just do it as money. It's a lot easier um, and when we shifted to that, I think we then said that we didn't need to worry about um, pulling them out of the packs because we wouldn't have to worry about redeeming a PlayStation two years down the road. It would just be a redemption of the uh, the, the money. So I think we said they would live on, but let's let let's let's let's, let's get Carolina where that final thing landed before I before we canonize that. That's a great question, Legend. Thanks for bringing that up. But you'll, um, you'll have plenty. You'll have plenty of time to pull them. Like it's not like we're going to say you know like, um, is, is is keeping your cards unripped? Is that a big thing? Like that a lot of folks are doing. Like I, I know that baseball. There's not a lot of it. I, I haven't looked at the football totals. I just don't know the answer to that. Well, there might. Oh, I think there the might main be... reason that. Oh, sorry. Uh, no, go ahead, Legend. I think the main reason that I asked personally is because I run breaks with HTH. So, so you want the bounty you know, to be in there later? Yeah, I got it. Yeah, right, I, so mean, me- I mean, I want to know like if if it's going to be something where I, I'm going to break it up to a certain date and then rip all from there or, or if I could just continue. Okay. Those yeah, let's just um, maybe just just um, let's let's get it let's get a let's get a final answer from Caroline and, and make sure that that um, gets. I mean, it would it would get posted before the release, obviously. But I I yeah, I just I just don't I don't want to mistell you. I, normally, I have the answers for stuff like that, but that one I don't. It shows you how much faith and, I have in and, Caroline. It shows you how much faith I have in Caroline. <laughs> and le- and legend on behalf of the uh, Block Packs Breakers Association, thank you for bra- raising that question. So we look forward to that answer as well. Um, I so Frenchie, I'm going to touch on these real quick, and I'm glad Kisher's on stage. He hasn't left yet, so I I know we're going to come back and we'll wrap it up. I'm sure there's not too much more here, but. We started in the Radish Discord. We started a thread that's questions for Frenchie. Because inevitably what happens after one of these folks will say, why didn't you ask about this? Why didn't you ask about that? And again, I can't stress it enough. It's my apologies if we don't get to what you want, we don't raise what you want, we want you to come up on stage. And so please, everybody's welcome on here. Just don't worry about how you sound. Just come up here. This is the best chance. Jeff is so open-minded that this is, you have a chance to speak to the person who controls the direction of this community that you're so invested in. So use that opportunity. Please come up. At the very least, comment in the Twitter thread. All right, so with that said, we've got a couple questions. You've answered a number number of them, Jeff, but we have to answer a couple more. And I know that Caroline would kill me because this should just only be Wonders of the First. 
course. But we have um, sharks. Randorino wants to know about sharks. What is the latest about sharks? You took down the whiteboard video, which all the new people I try to send them to, and Infinite told me, no, 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 we pulled that. I wish I had grabbed that before you did. But what's the latest with sharks? Yeah, the reason we pulled that is because it had some stuff in there that I sh- probably the lawyers would freak <laughs> out about about the token and stuff. That was it. Really wasn't about the, it. Wasn't because of the sharks. I mean, so. One of the things for 2024 that we're going to look to do is we're going to look to um, move the RAS into the block packs marketplace, which would be obviously would make it so much easier, um, gets MetaMask out of the way, uh, allows all of our new people to play without having to get a MetaMask. And then once we do that, it will also then, I think, (coughs) what I think, I know, it'll make that shark dynamic then a lot easier for us to to implement because it would all just be native inside the marketplace. And I think when we move the RAS, it will be moved completely. Like it'll, you'll only, you'll only transact in there. We'll probably make those tokens non-withdrawable so that it all stays in one place. It'll make the eliminations easier to run. Um, there's a lot of, a lot of benefits for, for doing it that way. Um, and when we do that, then it'll, it'll free us up for the opportunity for the sharks. I mean, it's, it a lot. Nothing is really like I haven't changed my idea there. Like my my the original idea I think was a good one. Um, it needed the token. We have the token, and then you know a lot of other stuff happened that took priority. But it's still a good idea and one that's I would say it's 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 when we move into twenty twenty four it's relatively high on the list. Like um, I mean I want to get that Raz in there relatively quickly. Um, so. And, and Frenchie, I, I, I think and that sort of thing will start. I, I'll try to kind of, I'll probably, I'll probably try to ship like some timeline update around early in the year, kind of after that break. Cause we take that break. I'm going to be using, I can't not think about this stuff. So I think after that break, I'll probably come back with a really fresh mindset of things. And, and I can probably give you some more guidance around how, what we're looking, but the, the, the plan for the sharks really hasn't changed as far as how they'll function. Like it's, that's all still, still largely intact from what I we originally dreamed up way back. All right, that's awesome. The um the sharks which is that, that that's they're relevant, they're still coming. All right, and and um uh, when you mentioned the Raz, I will say um there've been a couple of folks um in Blockpacks longtime members. They're very physical based. They originally came into Blockpacks because for people who've been with Blockpacks since the beginning, the RAS was such a critical part of your foundation, your genesis. And of course, mm-hmm. at the root of that was chasing and winning physical cards. And so yeah. we've seen we've seen a couple of folks recently on, on, with Home Team Heroes becoming the tip of the spear, the tip of the spear for other things like Lost Miners, Wonders of the First, Bantams, Pirates, Parrots. Some of those folks have said, you know what, it's... I I'm gonna move on. It's like I love this community, but I'm more physically based. So yep. when with the with the Raz, um, I know for for the newer folks, they're not used to this rhythm. And I know that you folks, the block packs team, used to know. You're like, well, of course. It's like first it's a trivia, then it's a um, a, a supreme, a premiere, a trivia. Like there was some weird thing that happened. All I know is every couple of weeks we just shipped our money off to you, but you know, they just were coming constantly and the Raz were always there. And of course, 
it really didn't work because at the end of the day, you are a business and that wasn't doing anything for block packs and, 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 and you had to make changes. So have you decided on what Raz is going to look or is it going to be one of those things where in 2024, you want Raz to succeed, but you're going to do a lot of experimentation to figure out what works so you can make it something going forward? Yeah, I think there will be some experimentation, but I, I look at it as part of what where I've got it slated right now is to go into the reward mechanic versus the buy-in mechanic. The buy-in mechanic of it just doesn't um, – because because well, here's what happens. So let's – without taking us down a massive rabbit hole here, which we can, we can <laughs> actually plan a space and talk about this because I know there's a lot of OGs that are probably very interested in a lot of this stuff. But the, the, the biggest problem with the RAS is that – Everything essentially trades, other than the smallest cards, everything trades negative EV. And negative EV, even on like, like, like cost, like getting it at a card show for cash, like everybody was looking for a deal in it. It was, it was definitely, you know, just straight peer versus peer, um, and which it is, I said, this is a game. You had to have winners and losers, but a thousand dollar card. If you look at what the tokens were trading for, everyone was trying to get that value bet, and so all the liquidity was driven down. So even when we would load the value in, the the it, we couldn't balance it back to a true uh, positive EV experience, and then still have anything left for meat on the bone for us to eat off of. And you know, a repack product, they buy the cards, they repack them, and they sell them for their cost plus 30, 40%. You know, could we do that with the RAS and, and make it a business? We could, but I think then people would start rebuking it because it just, I don't think that the, when it then trades further down EV from that, I think it would really get rebuked, right? Um, so that was one of the biggest problems with the RAS mechanic. And the other thing that was a huge problem was the complexity of swimming through all the glass to play it. And what happened was is that we had an initial base of people that all kind of came in on even footing and everybody learned it together. And what that did is that galvanized relationships and uh, just a, an esprit de corps that you it was very hard to duplicate as new people came in because the new people were kind of so far behind and they didn't know what to do. So every time we would run a RAS, we would buy ads, bring in new people. They would rip their packs. They would sit and mostly watch their tokens eliminate because that's just what happens. One out of 2048 wins. So overwhelmingly, you're likely to lose and they wouldn't, they wouldn't tap out. And so then it would just leave them with basically nothing and the, the, the recidivism rate on it was, was not nearly high enough. So there were just a lot of different problems we battled there. So now with HTH... The, the physical cards are still a very core element of it. How you get there is very different than that adrenaline degen peer versus peer rush of the RAS. Um, but if you make the right choice, if you if you picked up a cowboy, Keller Pop, early on while everybody else was sleeping on him, he ends up putting together a good season. He gets a multiplier for Silver Slugger. He gets a multiplier for winning the World Series. All of a sudden, you've now got a nice Keller Pop that – you really made a great value play on. And I feel like the people that have those are going to be pleased at the end of the day with kind of how those economics worked out for them. And, and likewise, some people that maybe made a decision 
to go heavy on a player that they thought was going to do great and that player got injured. Uh, kind of the opposite happens there. And that, so you still have those gamified mechanics and then and ultimately go back to the physical cards. It's a slower pace, yes, but there's still the physical cards are kind of that, that um, you know, light at the end of the, the tunnel, the, the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. Um, I'm, I'm slipping on my analogies here late at night, but um, but it's still there. But I, I granted, it's not that Thanos snap adrenaline rush. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a it's a slower burn, right? Watching- All right. Well, ma- well, Frenchie, maybe on that note, is like James. Maybe we can take him up on his offer to come back and just talk about Raz for an entire night. <laughs> yep. But just to close that off, I mean, Raz is. I really loved, and I said this before. I do believe that a lot of the relationships that are here, that trading, that trying to position yourself to walk away with that card, you know, working to try to get the $10,000 card for $8,000 or the $500 card for $200. I mean, that there's a, there's, it's, it's fun when you, when you're successful. Um, but it's just, it, it definitely, um, it, it just, it had a lot of issues around it. And I, but I do think, it's a it's a novel idea. It's a fun game mechanic in a lot of ways, and I do think it's something that we can pivot back into the reward structure versus us just saying, "All right, it's time for this drop. Come pay a bunch of money and, and buy into the RAS." And I will say this: I won't take it off the table that if the community if there if the community's like we're cool with a with with you know instead of the EV and the packs being a hundred percent. We're okay with it being 80%. Maybe we could make it work from a business standpoint and have a monthly RAS or something where it is paid. And we, the, the, the problem you run into there is that the legalities of making sure your set list is set ahead of time to meet, meet the sweepstakes rules. If we put a big set list in, then people don't buy. Then we're, we're upside down on the cost. We end up losing our ass. We had that happen a few times. Um, but... You know, if if there was a if there was a lot of demand for that, and and there could be a twenty percent type margin business there, I would run that business. But I just don't know if people. I, I, my gut says the community wouldn't. W- when you take the EV reduction that automatically happens anyway b- on the tokens, and add in twenty thirty percent type profit margin, which would be the low end of where a repack would be. Twenty percent would be way below what a repack. Thirty percent would be the low end of a repack. If if we were to get there. Um, and I'm talking about like the price we could buy for like at a card show. You, you still can match it back. That's how most repacks try to match back to comp, right? But their, their comps are like full, heavy, heavy eBay comp. And then, they, and then their, their business is how cheap can they buy at card shows is really how – that's how repack works and, how, and why it's a viable business. A lot of the cards we were getting, we weren't – slinging repack cards we were slinging premium cards right like psa 10 jordans that you just don't get a very big discount on like you're somebody's only going to sell you a a a, 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 I mean a a nice 52 mantle psa 1 that that you're you're not going to get that card super cheap right it's just it's those are the kind of cards we were going after like we just didn't have I, and I think everyone that was here can probably attest to this. I mean, the stuff we had in there was good stuff consistently. And and that's not what Repack is. So Repack makes a lot of their living on 
an Adley Rutschman sticker auto that may have a comp on eBay for 150, but they really bought that card for 50 bucks and got it graded and they're in it for 60 bucks. And, and that's just not what our product was. Not to knock Adley Rutschman, he's a great player, but you know, we, we didn't have a lot of that type of stuff. If we were going to put Adley Rutschman in, it was probably his mainline rookie in a good grade, or it was, or if it was an auto, it was probably his Bowman Chrome. Um, we really went for the good shit. So, um, and to do that good shit, the only way we could really make that work and actually sell the product would just be to have a, basically a baked in margin. Well, I said so two things is that I'm glad Caroline's not on the line because if she was, she would say that I'm getting away from the wonders of the first and we need to focus on this big celebratory day that the claiming started today. And now I'm getting you down, not the shark hole, but the Raz hole. And the funny thing is, Frenchie, you mentioned that we'll have to do it some night. We did just do it. Um, but it's okay because actually for so many members of the original community, the Raz is the foundation. So hearing you expand on that, I know a lot of people are curious to know what you're going to do about the Raz. And for some members, it's it's very important to them. So yeah, Jams, I, I hope that we can have Frenchie back again to talk about that. And if anybody has any comments before we go, I know that Jordan has his hand up. He wants to, he has a question about Wonders of the First. We'll go back there and wrap up. But I also know there's one member in the community who when in the in the questions for Frenchie channel thread in Radish is that this is, um, we'll do speed round, Jeff, because I don't want to keep you here. You and Kishin, you don't have any well, sleep. Do you guys I, have been going. I do that to myself. I, 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 I get off <laughs> and start unpacking. And I try to, I just, I'd, I'd like to try to give you guys, you know, a lot of the insight. Like I, I try not to just gloss over and give you a superficial answer. So I just... The, the Raz is a, um, I, I know that there are people that loved it and, 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 and it, and it, we would, I don't think we would be where we are today were it not for the Raz. And I am not just paying you lip service when I say that I don't want to lose the Raz. I don't, I want it to be part of the product. I just, it's just gotta be a, in the right way. And, um, and, and maybe there's, Maybe there would be more. Maybe maybe the community would be happy. Maybe there's like, yeah, we love this product enough that we're we're okay with there being a, a basically a vig on the on the product so that you guys produce it for us. And if that's the case, that changes the narrative. My gut is that's just not the sentiment. I mean, we probably need to survey that and see what people think. All right. Well, so this is where Caroline would really kill me. But again, this is a, a very a longstanding top ranking on the BPX reward system person who his questions so i will i will read them for them is that they said so what i'd like to know which i think was mentioned by several people is what's the plan or the timeline for the various aspects of block packs that have at least in my opinion opinion fallen off the radar and i'm just going to name them frenchy and it just i can set a timer i you i I will tell you this is that, and folks, when, when Jeff talks, I know, Jeff, you get self-deprecating, but I, I watch the audience. The people don't drop off when you talk, Jeff, is that, in fact, I was talking with some other Blockbacks people after your appearance in that space today, and I, I listened for a little while at 2 o'clock after you and Kisher got off, and I, I tried to be polite, like the way my parents raised me, and then I slowly, quietly exited. And somebody said, yeah, I saw you leave before me. I was going to leave, but you left, and I couldn't leave. I wanted to wait a couple more minutes. But it would have been interesting to see the audience go down after after you left because we were listening to you and Kisher. So 
I think people will listen to you all night, but I also want to take advantage of your time. So this person said, here are the ones that I feel have kind of fallen off the radar. Hey, I tell you, let's play, let's play a game. I'm not in the Radish Discord, so I can't see that. It's in Radish, right? That's what you're saying? It is, yeah. Okay, so I can't see it. Let's see if I can if I can pick them off and, and uh, <laughs> tell me if it's on, is it on, if it's on the list. Um, okay. The the collision dot art. Uh, All right, let's let's start there. It's on the list. Go ahead, collision. Okay. So um so that one obviously one that I absolutely intend to finish the one hundred legend series. Um, I love the way that that is um, designed to give you a piece of art that also allows you to then have the uh, the underlying asset. Um, we are I'm e I'm either going to um, put. Where it's either going to become where the incremental ones above the passes become also part of the reward scheme in 24, or they will move possibly to like the other releases. If you participate in those releases, you can activate your pass the same way that you used to activate it by buying into the RAS. But that is um, absolutely something that is going to continue. I actually. Full disclosure, I actually thought about trying to do a surprise just out of the blue before the end of the year, um, and it just it just wasn't. I wasn't able to really just coordinate it. Everybody that would have worked on it was just too busy, um, so it's probably not going to come back to life until 2024. But definitely not something that I've lost sight of. I want to finish the 100 Legends series, and I want to I want to add to it. I want to do some other stuff too. I want to shorten the auction timeframes so that the asset rewards end up in an auction quicker. Um, and, uh, but definitely have not lost sight of it. And that one is, is definitely on my, uh, on my, on my radar there. Um, one of the next ones that I would have gone to would have been, we've already talked about the Raz and we talked about the Sharks. Um, you know, the, I, I, I doubt the geeks are on there cause I feel like probably think about good utility there. I'm, nope, I'm the, geek, that, the geeks are not on there. I'm assuming that, uh, that the pirates and parrots and then just nope. bantams in general. Bantams. B bantams is, yes. Okay, so bantams, we are um, looking to the, the – the, so the thing that we want to do with the bantams and where Kish and I are kind of – what we want to do with that is we have a unique play mechanism to allow for physical play of that bantam game, the expanded – and also have a digital component that will tie in, which is different from how Wonders of the First is done. And same thing, that's also, which everybody knows this, Tinsman is the expanded Bantam guy as well. Um, so continuing to push that forward, that's our three major franchises are Bantam Brigade, Wonders of the First, and Home Team Heroes. Those are the three major franchises. Um, then you have the Pirates and the Parrots that basically give you perks and access into the Bantam world, plus the play into the metaverse. We're going to have to wait and see how some of that stuff shapes up. It looks like other side's taking a pretty big step back when they got rid of um, uh, Improbable. Um, seems like their development calendar is, has changed, but as that comes online, that's where we would expand on those. Um, but... You know that's that's where we're we're headed with the bantams is to basically have a little bit more of a hybrid online physical gameplay. The the spec deck version, which those that have gotten those cards and played it know how simple it is. That's the version that fits better with just pure online play. Um, but that's a major franchise and one that uh, definitely is. Um, you know, it's it's you're not going to have to look far to hear and 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 under and know what that bantams are are a deal in twenty four. 
and 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 you did mention earlier in the the Q&A this afternoon somebody asked the question maybe it was ghetto icy somebody said is there going to be a crossover um between bantams and wonders of the first and you said and you said no there's no plan at this point yeah you know i won't rule anything out for the future again i, I don't think magic the gathering saw a doctor who crossover in their product probably several years ago but here here they are and um you know, so I won't rule it out, but it's definitely not something that I'm planning. I, again, I think the flavor of those two worlds is very different. I mean, in the the definitely the Wonders of the First, more gritty, Game of Thrones, Star Wars. I mean, you chop somebody's head off with a lightsaber type thing in there, whereas the Bantams are more everybody um, train your Bantams, protect the, you know, Bantams won't get killed in gameplay. We won't use things like that. So the flavor is just different. So I, don't, I, I definitely don't really see a, a huge crossover there. And, um, I, and I have to say, on, on Bantams, one thing I want to add, uh, Jeff, and I know you can't say it as the company for liability reasons, but Jams, when I went to National, which of course you weren't there, just to rub it in, Jams, I'm only, te- I'm only teasing Jams, is that... How, how was that How was that dinner you had? Oh, geez, the, the steak was so excellent, and the company was beyond reproach. But the Bantam tournament is that I, I have to admit, I'm not really I'm not really a TCG person. I you know the Bantam is that I'll be honest, I wasn't excited to play. I know some folks who weren't gonna be at National were willing to offer up their Bantams, their digital Bantams, so you could play in certain caliber tournaments. And I I didn't respond to any of those because I'm like, eh, I'm probably not gonna play. And then, you know, Frenchie looked over at everybody in at the restaurant. I was like, hey, are you playing? Are you playing? And so he came to me and I'm just like, well, yeah, I mean, like if Frenchie's gonna ask you to play, like you can't really say no. And so I will admit, I started playing and it was it's a slow enough game. The other thing that was nice, it was one of Beaker's breaker buddies who was who was across from me. He was a nice guy from like Minnesota or whatever, and we were talking. So it's it's got the right kind of uh, speed to the game that you actually can talk to the person, get to know them. Um, but the game was, it's it's a game that I was in the middle of an epic cross-country trip. I brought the mat and the cards back to my kids to the Grand Teton. We were camping at Grand Tetons. They started playing it immediately. They loved it. But getting back to the geek dinner, you had Beaker's friends who were like degening and throwing $100 bills down to go against each other. And all I can think about jams is college kids. And I'm thinking some people call it beer pong, some people call it Beirut. But I'm just thinking like, dude, this is, uh, sometimes you need it to take off in one way to to excel in another avenue. But I'm thinking if college kids get a hold of this, this is absolutely a beer pong type game, jams. I mean, I, I, I can't say I've ever thought about it uh, in that regard. But, I mean, you can make a drinking game out of just about anything, right? Yeah, but this is made for you. You're going head-to-head with somebody. What is it, um, Frenchie, seven times? How many? I mean, I don't have my yeah, mat in seven, front of me. Yeah, seven, seven rounds, yeah. Yeah, yeah, seven rounds. I mean, you're going one for one against each other. Like again, Jeff can't be part of this conversation because I'm just telling you, if like if I can find a way to get that marketed to the to the college crowd, is like the sales of Bantams will go through the roof. All right, well, so Jeff, anyway, that that was the segment you can't be part of talking about that. But so with Bantams for the timeline, anything else that you want to share on that one? Um, I don't want to. I don't want to get out over my skis on that, but I it will be a prominent piece of the communications for 2024. One of the things that I will share is that, and it's not going to be for 20. This won't happen in 24. But I'm trying to get our business across the three major franchises to where we essentially have a release of something going on per month. 
that's the type of target we're looking for. So one, each franchise having some type of activity per quarter, that would be like our long-term goal. So if you get out 36 months, that would be like where we'd like to get to. We're not going to get there in 24, but every major franchise will have activity in 2024. And I think it's a fair thing to say that with the Bantams as one of the highlight major franchises, and it hasn't really had anything since the spec deck release at national. I mean, it's, it's due. Right. And so, um, I mean, definitely that's, uh, that's one that we've, uh, we've got our, we, we, we definitely have our sights on. So, and that, and, and, and I Jeff, get, just to remind folks, when you said the three major franchises, the, the three major franchises are home team heroes, Bantam brigade and wonders of the first. Okay. Sorry. You were going to say, I was going to say like, I know that, you know, you, you think about like how time passes, but we're like, one thing I would just say is that we are still, and I know people say you're early and they've been saying that for two years, they can say it for two or three more years. And it's still true. I mean, it's, it takes time to kind of get all these things up to a, a pace and a cadence to where you really want them to be these things. They don't just, um, I mean, we have budgets that we have to operate in within personnel and all that sort of thing. I mean, it's, I think people know we're not venture funded. We've, we've turned that down repeatedly and uh, it's, you know, we have to build within our means and, build for sustainability in the long term. And, and sometimes that may not move things quite as fast as, as everyone would like it to be. But, you know, there's definitely all those things that are being rattled off. None of those have, have dropped off of my radar. Um, and um, it's just a matter of, you know, everything having to get slotted in and find its find its own cadence and its own rhythm. And, and Jeff, I've had multiple people while you were talking about Bantam. Guess what question they asked about Bantams that you have not covered? And probably because of the topic I just covered with where your key demographic might exist. Mm. What, what what should be people be drinking right now? Maybe somebody's drinking a little uh, loco, rum. a little rum. Rum. Kish, people well, want to know about the rum. There that again, the the rum is going to be something that we're going to fulfill for our holders because I'm not going to let that be a L. Um, but that's not going to be something that's going to evolve into any type of a larger scale business. But Kisher, do you do you you you, you recounted that not that long ago? What's the status of that? I did, and actually, I, I texted you uh, while you were answering the questions about the bantams <laughs> because I had a feeling that rum was going to be on that list. And uh, you know what we've decided in our timeline and just what makes sense in terms of everything that we've had coming and how busy Dev has been and all that kind of stuff that, uh, you know, we really want to uh, pair it with the next Bantam release. So the plan is, is that when the Bantam expanded gameplay and cards with the abilities come out, that that uh, will be also around the time that the rum will be coming out as well. And again, the rum is not the rum is not going to be a business. It's going to be a private label thing that we're going to do um, for our collectors and just really to check an old box on a promise. But we've got a lot of other stuff that's way better for us to focus on business wise. But it's just not it's not something that we're going to take an L on. We're going to have that damn rum and we'll be able to toast it and and it'll be something that we we put together and got out to everybody and you know. Check check the box. I, I I've said this on other spaces that that's been a bit of a bane of my existence. Um, <laughs> we've, had a, we've had several different fits and starts with that. I thought we had this done uh, almost a year ago. We had a partnership with someone who was building a, a basically a brewery, but it was a rumry in St. John, and we had paperwork. Everything was ready to go. They were going to put our label on one of their um, one of their rums. It was going to be the Barefoot Parrot 
uh, the island-bound rum. They were going to uh, have a distributor that could get it here into the States. And then when you go to the Saints, you'd be able to go there and drink it in that bar. And it was just going to be a nice little thing to, to kind of add and, 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 and check off and be finished with and have it where it could live on for a longer period of time. And then their financing fell through and their their rummery never actually came to be. And so that that sent us back to the drawing board. And um, and then, you know, we went back and a lot of the early samples we had, I didn't really care for them. And then Kisher and, and David actually worked on it because I'll admit <laughs> I, I got a bit frustrated. I'm just thinking, Frenchie, why couldn't you have done the spaces the night that you tried those samples and didn't care for it? I would have loved to hear the answers coming out of you that night. <laughs> Some of them tasted pretty damn bad. So, well, and I will say, you know, we did so to give you guys a little clarity into the process and, and why it's taken so long is because of what Jeff said. And as it turns out, you know, saying you're going to make uh, an alcohol product in the United States and actually doing it are um, there's a wide delta between that. And there, you know, for every state in the United States, there's a law for alcohol and how it can be made and distributed. And so, the great thing is, is the new partner that we have who we found. He is a Web3 native. He's actually responsible for uh, or being on the team that brought skateboarding into the Olympics. So this is a guy who can get shit done. And, uh, you know, we've seen pictures of the um, the base of the bottles um, without the everything. And, you know, it's going to be really good. This is going to be well done from a person who's taken concept to a Web3 uh, style liquor distribution uh, very successfully. Um, so. I have full confidence that we're going to be able to to pull this off. I'm not willing to say I have full confidence in anything related <laughs> to rum anymore. It was one of those things where I I will admit that back when we put that on the on the register, it was one where I knew enough to be dangerous, and I I got out over my skis on that one. I if we were private labeling something, and we were just you know, using it in a um, in a private type setting and that sort of thing, it is easy. It's fairly easy to do. And again, if if you want something that's mixable in a drink, not that hard. Um, something that you could drink neat and enjoy, a lot harder. And uh, and that's that's what I wanted. And I didn't I didn't understand that piece of the puzzle. That that really that a lot of these private label things are just such rat piss, right? And so. And I just didn't want to put our name on that, even even just to check a box. It's just not how I'm built. And well, well, um, I think Jeff, rather, I'd almost rather make a nice bottle and fill it with water than to fill it with that, right? And it would eliminate all the headache of the um, the, the all the laws to get it where it needs to go. So you have to have the distribution partner for that kind of stuff. There was a lot more hair on that than what I originally thought. Um, so I, I just got out over my skis on that one a bit, and um, but it's one that I'm not gonna. I'm just not gonna take it as an L and. You're, eventually, when you get that bottle, I think it's one that if you have a bar, you'll set it up there, and it'll be kind of a cool little, it almost like it's almost as much collectible as it is a bottle of rum. Is kind of the way we're shooting for it at this point. And and will you burn whatever doesn't get sold with the uh, with the um, serialized physical booster boxes? Will you burn that altogether? Use that rum to burn? No. The um, I do have to ask uh, Kisher because he's up here. This was not asked, by the way, of the folks. They were asking about the different silos that they feel have left behind. You've hit them. And one of the questions um, that I have that wasn't listed as part of this, the clothing. Oh, man, it's so hard to like focus on the clothing because I know it's stupid. But those of us who bought the Barefoot Breeze, I mean, 
you have definitely got fans for life. This is incredible clothing. And so Kisher, you came out with the Henley. Everybody loved that. Um, what is, what's next? What's the next thing that's going to come from Barefoot Breeze? And is this, I guess the question I've never heard you guys asked is, is this going to continue in perpetuity? Or is this kind of like, it's going to run six months and then it's going to just be a full retail, um, no parrot benefit clothing line? Or is this something we can expect benefits as long as we hold parrots? Uh, I know that question was aimed at me, but I cannot answer that for you. <clears throat> well, you can answer the part about the next piece of clothing, and then we'll get to Jeff on the other part. I actually can't do that either uh, <laughs> at this time. All right. I think the next, I think the next one is the um, the polo shirt, and then is the oh, I guess you're right. And the and then the, I guess is the is the jack the jacket hasn't hasn't gone up yet either, has it? You know, I just thought it all, the rest of what came out, you know, I've been so in wonder that yeah, I didn't I, even know that nothing else got released with the Henley. So I assumed that the rest of the clothes came out. But we do have, uh, if the jacket's not out, we do have a jacket uh, that's coming, which is a little bit thicker. Um, and it's great for winter time and, you know, going on the boat, especially when, you know, sunset's coming around. And then we do have... Okay, wait, wait, uh, wait. So Kisher, Kisher, Kisher. I know Rancher was in here. He's from the northern climate. We're not all Californians like you. You're talking about a winter jacket, and you're talking about going out on the boat. The boat would be going on ice for many of us this winter. So this is, if you live in Wisconsin, am I wearing this jacket in the winter, or am I wearing it in summer when it's 70 degrees? You're not wearing it uh, really either. You're probably more 30 to 50. Let's call it that. It's not a winter okay. jacket where you're exclusively putting that on. You still need to put your overcoat on. Um, but it's uh, it's definitely heavier than – I mean, you could have it on for 70, but I would say – uh, it's, it's actually up, guys. It's it's up. The, oh, the great. Full, the full zip performance jacket is on the site. It's up. So I, I guess – I was going to say, I, I own a few of them. I, I thought you were talking about a different jacket. No, that's it. Because uh, I was like, why is – I was just asking myself, why isn't that out yet? But the golf, the golf shirt is not out, so I guess that's probably the next thing. That would – and maybe they're probably – Probably holding that for spring for golf. It's a it's a polo. You know, not that you have to wear it to play golf, but down here we actually call those golf shirts. Um, so yeah. All right. Well, and my apologies because Kisher's been working on the wonders of the first character proofs, so I understand why he didn't know. I actually have um, jams. How long have you had the jacket? They came out the exact same time the Henley. So whenever I ordered the Henley, I ordered the jackets. Yeah, I haven't come back and got my Henley jet. Okay, so there's a polo shirt. But that brings us back to the other question, Jeff. So right now, and for folks who don't know, some of the newer po folks, I know Smash, he has a number of parrots now, is that one of the incredible benefits, and this is what's great, is that many people in Web3 during 2021, they said, forget about Web2, we're done with that, it's all Web3. And then there you had Web2 companies who said, Web3 is just crazy, don't go over there. And so then you had block packs, which one of the things that drew me to this project is that you, like many transitions, it's not changes from one day to the next. There's a transitional period where you have one foot in both worlds and nobody does it better than block packs. Is that again with the RAS using blockchain technology to chase real world collectibles. But also you hold a parrot and you get this there's no denying when you get the apparel, you look at that type of apparel in in any store and it's going to go for what you guys list the retail at, like $60. And with your parrot of course, you get it heavily discounted. So you've given us this opportunity, Jeff. So I guess the question is, does anybody need to hurry who has a parrot because it's going to end anytime soon? And then the next question is, 
if you hold a parrot, will you continue to come out with this product line year after year where we're going to be able to access different items like the jacket, the hats, the shirts, and obviously the golf shirts coming out? Yeah, I mean, as it, as it relates to, um, I, 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 I don't want to promise that that is something that we're going to do forever, but at this point, I don't have any plans to, to stop it. And what we're trying to do, the plan here is to try to build up the retail catalog slowly so we're not having to just basically launch this kind of full bore clothing brand in everything else that we're doing just because frankly it's it's expensive it has a lot of overhead to it but i think a lot of people know that i also own ozio gear and ozio gear is doing really well um we've had a just a, a smashing year this year and that's another it's a high-end product there is no nft associated with it people just buy that because it's really good stuff and they want to buy it and um and 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 so you know i Again, this is a, an area that I have, I have experience and I have team members that have experience, but it's also something where there's a lot of stuff going on and to do this right, what I think the best way to go about it is to build that catalog up slowly, use it to continue to reward holders. Then we have basically this kind of base of, 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 of all of our merchandise. And then from there, we can begin launching some larger scale ad campaigns and trying to, to really roll this out and have it be something that gets picked up. The other thing that I want to do with it is I do want to move it into a little bit of the lifestyle expressionary type uh, clothing, meaning I'd like to see more shirts on here that that and I'm just totally making this up. We would use people that are way better at this than me. But like um, it's five o'clock somewhere, which is probably trademark. We can't put that on a shirt probably. But um, but those type of shirts where it's not all just, you know, a blank, nice, higher-end, you know, Lululemon style. There's also that lifestyle, expressionary style. So, um, you know, again, this is one where it's, I, I like it. I like the I like the apparel business in general. I do think that we've got the right lines to to produce good stuff. I think, again, the, the, the reviews of this stuff have been just rave, like what you're saying. What you're saying there is not atypical from what we've heard across the board. Um, so I do think it's really good stuff. And it's I do think there's a there's a, a good way here to continue to expand around barefoot. But at the same time, I got to kind of figure out how to make all of this nice and cohesive on that side. And, and every for those that haven't been here, th this side of the house, barefoot, the pirates, the parrots, all of that has been a bit of a struggle. Like, I'll just leave it at that for now. Like this, like this one has been the one where it's been a little bit more of a, of a struggle for us to find the right fit for how to make this side of the house work. Um, and uh, but look, we haven't stopped yet in three years. We're not going to stop now. We're going to keep chopping the woods. But, you know, my goal is to drive back value in all the tokens that we have, including the parrots, including the pirates and finding different and unique ways to do that. And um, and that, that's that's going to kind of be our goal. And how much of that will revolve around apparel discounting versus how much of it may revolve around something else? You know, we'll we'll see. All right, Frenchie, what's the next one you think that folks are saying, hey, um, can we go back and focus on one of these silos? What's the next you know, one? I, was, I mean, I was, I was actually just kind of thinking, through, I, mean, just, I wouldn't be a silo. I, mean, I don't know if lots would make the list. Um, yep, lots is on there. Go ahead. <laughs> um, I, I, lots is one that we want to, we're going to actually, we're going to put that one into the Block Packs marketplace um, and uh, we're going to do some new releases. Those are fun. People like them. 
they're, nobody's going to get hurt. Nobody's going to necessarily get rich in lots. It's, it really is a fun little product. And, um, and, and it's one that we absolutely planned to do. For those that may not know, essentially what it is, is we take mostly, um, it's, it's mostly kind of, uh, unique novelty type things like, a there's a, there's a Flintstones card set in there. There's a, um, there's a Star Wars set in there. There's, there's a Marvel, a bunch of Marvel set or some Marvel cards in there. And we will break them up into a, uh, number of tokens that represent, I won't use the word fractional ownership, but, 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 but essentially if Wait, you uh, Frenchy the lots, broke up there for a second, we break them into what? into different numbers. So like some things may have, maybe maybe there's only five tokens that make up a card, like the Thanos card. And for others, there may be a hundred that make it up. And if you collect them all, you can redeem the physical card. Well, we haven't had a lot of redemptions out of that. We haven't had any. So really what happens is, is that people collect them and build the sets and just enjoy owning that piece of it digitally. And the reason it's not a security under security laws, if Chicago is still on here, is because... There is you're not relying on a third party. the the way you the way you would get the the physical item is you you have to collect all the pieces. And so, and then once you do, that was 100% you doing that. If it was you know hold these and then everybody's going to vote on when to sell it or something like that, that becomes a security. Um, but the way we do it there, it's not, and we have opinion letters that it's not. And, and but it's a fun little collection and one that we definitely plan to put into the marketplace and expand on. I've always liked it, um, and the community has always liked it. It's a it's a fun little project, and um, and 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 project's not the right word. It's a fun little collection, and it's um, you know, it, it so it's it'll it'll you can expect to see that in the marketplace. Um, I feel like that'll be in the marketplace in Q one. All right, and so there are two more. That's a great answer. Thank you, Frenchie. And then there's two more. What do you think the next one is? You've talked about bantams. You've talked about lots, collision, sharks. I mean, we have the, li- the, the license, the, like the license punk cards and that sort of thing. I don't the know punk trading, the punk trading cards. That's on there. Yeah. So I mean, I think that the punk trading cards are one where there's no utility around those. I mean, the only utility they had when we released them was this the the concept of you know collecting them and and you did get season one points for them. Um, but they're the first ever trading card set, you know, that featured the CryptoPunks. Um, and I'm, could we do another release of those? I mean, we could. In the in this market, is it something that people would be super excited about now that we have our own miners and that sort of thing? You know, I, I don't, I don't know. Um, I, I, I think if you look back at in this this last bull run, look at things like the the Pepe cards or the um, what was it the Satoshi cards, these old Curio cards, these things that kind of had their moment because they were like the first time something was done. And I and I I, I set this out as kind of the thesis around why these would be the reason everybody had them originally is because we gamified it. Remember they had there was a basically a RAS built into the 1889 release. And then we had kind of this, a similar um, the points dynamic in the in the other punk cards, and they got their rewards for season one. So I mean, I think those that participated there, that utility and value was there, and then that was kind of the end of it. So they exist now as digital collectibles. Should we put those into the marketplace? I mean, we could. It wouldn't be hard. We could do it. 
Do I have any plans to go and run another version of those right now? I don't. Um, could I, you know, it, my thesis on holding those is is the same as it was the day we produced it. They're they're the first time someone took the IP of CryptoPunks, which were held by individual users, licensed them, signed papers, put them on a licensed trading card. That that social contract I talked about earlier for our stuff, same thing. We complied with that, and. We didn't just grab a bunch of punks and stick them on a card. We licensed them from the owner. And it was the first time that was ever applied. And if the crypto punks go to a million dollars, is there a narrative where people say, dang, I can go buy these some of these cards and collect this set over here for uh, you know, a couple hundred bucks or 300 bucks or what, whatever the, the numbers are? And you know, I, I think there could be. But that's not necessarily a product that I'm sitting here looking at thinking about you know, when is the next licensed punk card release. Um, so I hope that answers that. It does. I, and and, there, and I, I, I think to, you're going to have a hard... I can listen to community feedback on whether or not we want to put that in the marketplace or not. And I think there is one last... Um, I, I think the last one you're going to have a hard time with. What do you think the last one is? Let me think for a second. Um, um, yeah, I don't know. What is it? It's It's infinite moments. Which I wouldn't expect you to think about that, but infinite moments, IMs. Yeah, so infinite moments, you know, were born out of necessity because you had to have a product that you sell to be able to qualify for the sweepstakes laws to run the RAS. Um, and that's what they were, and that's why they were built, and that's what they were utilized for. And, um, you know, they're part of our history. I, th I think the early ones now, the early set, I think that the best thesis around those is that block packs as a whole is successful over a longer period of time. And and then that's how that it's like, wait a minute, this thing existed from block packs earliest year. It's its earliest beginning. Here's these early, early infinite moments. Um, I tried to make it very clear that once we wrapped up that those would move to collectibles. We have talked about the idea of having a dusting program for them. Uh, which would, which I think would help increase the, the collectability of what remains, um, allowing people to come in and dust them to receive, maybe it's a RAS, maybe it's some other type of reward. Um, we've talked about some of those type of things, just and, and almost as much as a wallet cleanup as anything. Um, I, I will admit that that's not something that I necessarily have at the top of my sheet. Um, and uh, whether or not we would... If we go back to where the Razzes do get sold, you might see a, a, a rebirth of the infinite moments because we would still need that product to make the the, lega the legalities of it work. Um, if we're not selling the Raz and it's just a reward mechanism, we don't need the infinite moments. So, um, and then if you sell them, obviously, a, I mean, those infinite moments were like a huge driver of our season one points and ultimately led to the distribution of the, of the BPX token. It was what, was it 60 or 70% of the reward was based on your infinite moment points, I think? Isn't that right? It was high. Yeah, it was a huge Jams, you so, would probably know. So, I mean, I, I definitely, I mean, I will admit that I, I look at infinite moments as kind of debt paid on that one, right? Like, I, I feel like that debt paid. Like, the they've had huge utility in the RAS. They had huge utility in season one. Um, and I know there's a lot of common sitting in wallets and stuff that we maybe could do something to help y'all clean that up a bit. So you're just not, you don't have to have them in your hidden folder or whatever. Um, and I, I do think the earliest releases of those, um, under a hundred, having a full set of those and look back in 10 years when 
digital ownership is totally ubiquitous when moving something from Polygon to ETH or wherever is, is just click a button simple, which I do think all that stuff will happen. Um, there's a thesis there for those. Is there much of a thesis for the last set of infinite moments we did? Pro probably not, honestly. Um, not a big one. And so would those be better off getting dusted? Maybe. And that would probably help the, the early ones maybe even drive more value back to potential value back to those because they're just be, they would, they would then become more rare and be part of that early, that early existence of block packs. But, um, <laughs> Yeah, no, no major plans to to to, to so, do anything meaningful with infinite moments like tomorrow. I, I will say this is like the old days. Is here we are at two hours and the hands are going up. So holding that audience, Frenchie. All right, so Chicago, I'll get to you in a second. Legend put his hand up first. So Legend, you had a question. Well, I have uh, two to add to the list <laughs> that I just thought of. Uh, the first one would be the POAPs. Any, any, uh, <clears throat> anything in the works for those? The, uh, the, you mean the one that's the POAP that says I minted an original card geek? Yeah. Yeah. I know it was talked about in the past of doing some kind of geek trading cards with them, but, you know, I know there was a plan to do something with those. Yeah. I mean, those were, they were originally intended to be that basically a PO app that says I was there that that day for that mint. And then we talked about kind of some things we could do. I mean, the geeks now are, you know, our um, the utility token, but I definitely think it's, it's, it's fair to say that the lost miners have kind of, you know, really taken over as our community identity. And, and while some of you may rock geek, geek and, and that's, they're great. I love the geeks, but all you have to do is look on Twitter and you see that the, you know, when we do a hex thing, the, the miners greatly outpace the, the, um, the geeks. I mean, I'll admit legend. That's, that's not one that I had, uh, high up on my list of, uh, of things, uh, to do there, uh, with, with that PO app. Um, I don't think there was any, I think we just had discussions around that. I don't know that there was ever, you know, I don't. I don't think I ever promised anything there. If I did, that changes my that changes my stance on it. I'd want to go back and see what I promised and try to then maybe that promise doesn't fit. I, I don't. I don't think a geek trading card set. That was one of the ideas we kicked around. So I remember we were talking about which would go higher, the Carifying card or the Infinite card or whatever. But um, I, I don't think that would necessarily be a product that would excite people too much, or one that I think would would, would that I could gen, you know truly look you in the eye and say is a would have a, a, a very good collector's thesis around it. So if we were going to do it, it would almost have to be gamified um, to create a value proposition for it. I don't think just putting geeks on a trading card, other than maybe a few, like we probably all want to get a Carafine, but she doesn't even use her, she doesn't even use her geek anymore. She uses her minor, right? So yeah, yeah I don't really, I don't really have that one. I don't really have that one on my list. Um, and Legend, it, I will say, does, you, sorry, go ahead, Legend. I will say that uh, I believe that the uh, auction tokens and the uh, sharks were were dubbed uh, utility tokens. That I I don't believe the pull apps were. So I mean, there's that that aspect of it too. So yeah, I don't, yeah, that was that was my recollection. It was something that we did that was yeah. fun. We we also had to do a pull app because we did promise a pull app from the Dallas party, and we said, look, let's put it in infinite moments. And we I think we we basically did it so you could say I I minted an original geek. I was here. 
that that's kind of what it was in, that what that one was intended for. Yeah, I got you. And uh, the last one that I had was: Is there any plan to do any kind of uh, common games in regards to HTH, possibly? Uh, mm -mm. I'm I'm definitely not looking to try to deflate the supply of of HTH commons. I mean, I'll be honest with y'all. Like, I think that the HTH commons are, if we grow, um. I mean, those are the thing that's easiest for new people to want to come back and easily build a set that doesn't wreck you, that's fun to go back and get that first gen common set. I mean, just think that, think about that. If, if we continue to grow our collector base, you 10x the collector base, that means you 10x the size of those sets. And if you 10x the size of the sets, this is kind of what Alpha Trilogy said, it would defy every law of collecting for people not to want to go back into that early edition and, and have that. Um, I mean, I would, well, the last thing I would do is burn, you know, a bunch of common uh, home team hero. I, I don't, I definitely don't want to, because the, the supply on them is not high. If we burn them and then we do, we, we hit those goals of growth and it, then they're not even there for people to go back and get like, it's a, it's a fine line between supply and demand to have a good market. You have to have some supply. And I definitely don't think that the, that the, that these year, the, this year's HTH sets, I don't think are, are over, overproduced, frankly. Well, I will say this, uh, in regards to building even common sets, it, it is really easier said than done because those are even pretty tough to build, to be honest. Which is, I mean, I, I think some things that'll help that um, are some of the marketplace updates. I mean, Jim knows that we need, you know, we need offers. We need some things that will help with that. I think if you could go in and drop offers, I think it would make set building easier. Um, I think then then we could have better price discovery um, and it would be a, I think that would be a great benefit because the only way right now to know that something is listed, we know that's a huge hole in the marketplace. And that's, that's the type of thing that's a pretty big priority is discovery within the marketplace. Like when things list, letting you have same way you can on eBay, where you can track a search, you can know that something listed, the ability to do the offers is obviously very important. Um, the auctions are fully built. Uh, Jim has shipped everything over. And that's ready to go. It's just that, you know, obviously wonders. Oh, wait a second. Wait a second. Actually, uh, Frenchie, before you talk about the auctions, if you're going to go into go detail. Deep into it, I'm going to do a no, 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 no. But hold on. Because, yeah, we're going to, we're definitely going to have questions about the auction. No, I'm just going to stop you there. Make sure Legend doesn't have any questions because Chicago, I think he raised his hand. So he probably wants to talk about something you're talking sure. about now. Yeah, let's before jump, we hit let's auction. Jump yeah, let's jump, let, let, jump over to him. Uh, uh, no, Chicago, you had your hand up. I assume it was about what Frenchie was just talking about. Yeah. Um, I don't want to go too far afoot, but uh, I would I would be remiss as a physical collector without uh, asking about uh, when uh, some potential auctions might be in the uh, in the in the near future. I mean, I, I'm I'm jonesing for some physical cards uh, as okay, well and, as some hey, others. Chicago, hey, just one question, which is go ahead and ask away. I saw your hand up a while ago, so you wanted to ask about the auctions for the last ten minutes while you've been listening. That that was the one thing you wanted to ask about. Absolutely. Okay, sorry. Go go right ahead. I just want to make sure we don't miss any other point you had. Sorry, the floor is yours. No, no. I uh, you know I I've had some people nominate me because they they don't really feel comfortable talking, asking questions, whatever. Uh, but that's what I do for a living. So uh, I, I just I just wanted to uh, ask 
about I know I know you have 73 things going you, you many balls in the air but there are some folks out there that are that are interested in the potential timeline of the uh, um the auctions so uh, I just wanted to ask about that thanks yeah there we will have we will have auctions in December um for sure like it's it's ready and it it just now it's just run up into wonders of the first and you know it would have been kind of crazy to try to even talk about hey go go get that card this week right or whatever but um Jim Jim worked on that personally. For those who don't Jim, don't know Jim, Jim's my co-founder. Jim's my he's a CTO. He's been with me 15 years. Jim is the linchpin in all of our technology, and he 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 built that auction. He built the other auction. The 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 um he he built our self custody auction. And then when we said, look, the gas and everything was just untenable, and then we built the marketplace. And then it's like, all right, now the next thing we have to do is get the auction feature. Jim's been working on that. Took him longer than he wanted it to. Um, but it was managing multi-currencies and stuff who were just in, in allowing people that, that system's a lot more complicated. I'm not going to sit here and, and tell you all about the pain. I just want to show you the baby. Um, and, but there is a lot of pain in, in the, there's a lot of tech there. That's not just eBay. When you take eBay and layer on top of it, web three, it is very difficult, but that's, that's the baby that those are labor pains. And that's not what you all need to worry about. You just care about the pretty baby. And um, or should only, that's all I want you to care about is the pretty baby. And so that baby is going to be here uh, in the, in the <laughs> weeks ahead. And then I'm not going to do some giant crazy auction now before Christmas. It's just we're too tied up against it. Um, but we will have some auctions and then get the kinks worked out. And then, uh, and then in January, we'll, we'll do, a, we'll do the, the big auction that's kind of been sitting on go, which the, the cards are there. I mean, everything's there. Like we're just – we're later than that than we want to be. It's very frustrating. It's frustrating to Jim. It's frustrating to me. We thought it was going to be ready a lot sooner. Just ran into a lot of lot of edge cases and things we didn't want to ship until Jim was confident in it. And um, and and, it just, and, 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 and Frenchy wonders, and here we are. So that's kind of how that went down. So Chicago came out of the bounty breaks, but um, it's got to be hard because, of course, one of the things coming out of National at National, right? The promotion was you're going to get this auction credit. And yep. then it's going to start up on September 15th. Yep. So ha has there been any feedback from folks at National who wanted um, to use tried, their $500 we've, credit? We've tried to – we know who those people are. We've tried to communicate to them. Um, and, mm -hmm. uh, you know, frankly, if someone – if someone had – if they if they had a big problem with it, then, um, you know, I just refunded their money. And um, I think we've had like two of those. So it hasn't been many. So we're trying to communicate with people. And, you know, as long as you're – we found that as long as you're – as long as you're transparent with people and, and just tell them that look we're delayed and and you know most people are okay with that and I don't like it I I, I don't like that the auctions took this long and again Jim doesn't like it either um, but it definitely right now there's it would be it would be almost lunacy to try to run auctions while we're doing while we're trying right now we're trying to you know get a lot of attention on Wonders of the First and I think that's what the community at large would want. And there, there's some people that aren't in that at all. New people that may be like, well, screw that. I don't care about that because I'm not in that. That's a fair position. But, you know, it's some, you have to make business decisions sometimes. You can't, and, and, and so I, I don't think we should be running auctions this week or next week. Like, I, I, I think that would be a mistake. Well, and Jeff, that's a good segue is Legend has his hand up. Legend, we'll get to you in one second to close out the last issue. So you'll be happy to know, uh, Frenchie, that's the last question in the questions for Frenchie channel. And the only other comment that the folks made, um, it's a little bit of a, a more difficult question, but the individual who, who's a good member of the community, loves the community, said, um, 
Is everything spread too thin and to a point where some things need to go away to help the few most important things have a better chance at success? I've thought about that. I mean, I'm not, and I'm not afraid of those things. If I had to make those decisions, I just want you all to know that I'm not afraid of those. Like, if I felt like I needed to do that, I feel like there's ways I could, if we needed to deprecate something and find a way to kind of make that right for people, um, and I feel like we we could navigate that. But I I don't think that's where we are. I like I like I'm not just paying you lip service on these things. It's just I I I do believe that. The vision that we have is a broad vision where it's um, it's a it's there's there a lot of stuff going on is a is 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 really being designed as a feature, not a bug. Are there some things around the periphery that we could maybe just say, hey, look, this one is you know we're going to do X thing, and if you don't like that, reach out to us and try to make it right. But we're going to get rid of this thing. Maybe, maybe there's a few of those little things, but uh, there's nothing major. I mean, the sharks, I that like I'll use that as an example. Like that is still right there, part of the plan. I think it's we just got to get the RAS into the marketplace, and I think that supports more onboarding of more people because I think when they when when that can be part of the reward scheme for HTH and other things, and then I think some of those people that maybe abandoned because the RAS isn't there, hopefully some of them come back and hopefully we attract more like them. Um, it, it, is a, it is a lot and there's a lot going on. And the one thing that I will say that um, has been the, the most of the block pack stuff, I feel like I have a really good grasp on. And the stuff that came out of the old G Tiki stuff is the one that still has been the most problematic to really make it fit in the right way. And but we're going to – I think we've, we're still going to find the right fit for those things. And um, But I'm not afraid of those decisions if they come. And um, so just just know that. If it's if – I, if I wake up and think, man, it would be better for the whole if this one thing was not there, these two things were not there, I'm not afraid of that decision. Um, and, and, I'm, and I'm not afraid of finding a way to make it right for the people that don't like that decision. Um, but I don't think I don't think that's where we're at. I, I get it that there's a lot of little things, but I think if you look back at the core of what we're doing, I think the core of what we're doing is is pretty pretty solid and, pr- and pretty healthy and pretty well positioned for, you know, a market recovery. And I almost look at it too, where everything in block packs doesn't have to totally run for us to enjoy a monumental success. Meaning, if the bull market comes back. And lost miners are the thing that we're able to really get into the spotlight and lost miners do something really impressive. That would be a huge win. Um, and, you know, if, if that means that lots just kind of stay this fun little thing and they don't really ever get that moment in this where they, they it, where they have a rip up type moment, I, I think that's fine. Like, um, that's kind of how I view it. But I think the question's fair. Let me start with that. Um, I'm not stupid, so I'm not blind to that. It's, it's, it's something that I look at, and I, um, I want to make sure that everything we're doing, yes, I'm very big on honoring my word. I hope you all realize that. When I make a promise, I try to, even, though, even if it may be slow, um, and like I, still, I do still owe a Pokemon drop. And that there, there, so like once we get the RAS done, you can expect that we will test the RAS in our new marketplace. That's where I would use the Pokemon drop because I owe you that anyway. 
lets us do something that doesn't cost the community anything. We can make sure everything works right. So, I mean, I've got a list of all these little things. Um, but yeah, it's a fair question. But um, great, you know, I, I, I can't think of anything that right now that I think needs nope. to needs to be cut. I, I think we just need to iterate a few things just to kind of get them back, get them to where they're really where they really all fit in and they're cohesive. Like the room is not part of what we need to do. That's just checking the box <laughs> and you something to put on your shelf. Um, oh, yeah. You know the but but there's you know and the clothing is the next obvious thing that doesn't quite seem to jive, but it's also just not super hard and people, they do enjoy it. And I do think it has, it does give us a little bit of time where those parrots are giving a good utility until we can maybe find what their sweet spot is. Hell yeah. So that, that's kind of how um, I view that stuff. Yeah. Thank you for that honesty. I, I haven't seen a response from the individual asked it, but that takes care of all the questions and the question for Frenchie channel. So uh, I, I know Jordan's, we're going to wrap it up with wonders of the first, hopefully um, Kisher is going to be able to access his phone, but first legends had his hand up. So legend, did you, um, um, did you have a question? And I should say, I'll let Tex Hooper is, although I think Frenchie, you guys have something planned where we're going to talk about auctions. So we won't, it, it's two and a half hours. We'll do that on another time. But Legend, go ahead and then Jordan will come to you to bring it back to Wonders of the First. Well, I have a question and then I have a comment as well. But the question is in regards to the consumer privacy laws, any update on, uh, on that? as far as the marketplace goes to be able to see who owns what, because that that can also help a ton with uh, trading and stuff. And then I'll just, I just want to make one comment before uh, you, you answer that question. <clears throat> uh, I know it's hard to have patience, you know, uh, and I know not everybody in the community is, is involved in all aspects of, of block packs, but, one thing I did want to make, you know, a point of was, you know, it, it's been, you know, launching all these different, uh, you know, branches of the block tax tree is, you know, it's a, it's a big feat that the team has been able to accomplish. And, uh, and one thing that I've been kind of stressing to, to anybody who's frustrated in the community is, once everything is out in the wild, that is the time where the team can can really like take a step back and start building on all the various branches at the same time. You know, and 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 I get I get the frustration with with you know the various things, but uh, you know, Fran Frenchie, you're a visionary. You you're thinking years down the road where most of us are thinking, you know, it, like tomorrow. Right. And, and I think if we were in your mind, I think we'd be a lot more excited about what's to come. Right. And we get lost in our, in our need for something in the moment. Right. Whereas this, this project is, is built is being built to last years and years to come right so i did want to commend you specifically and the team for everything that you guys have accomplished and everything all the value you brought to the community 
And I just wanted to, you know, let everybody know, like, just be, be a little more patient because this, this thing is going to fly pretty soon. Well, I appreciate that. And I, look, I, I will tell you this guys, I'm not like that question. Like I know you said you didn't, you didn't call the person's name. That's totally fine. I have no idea who asked it. The, the, the one that you slated is a difficult question. Slappy. I don't mind the difficult questions, man. It doesn't like, I get that everybody is, again, I said this earlier, if you didn't care, that would bother me. The fact that you care, the fact that these things are, you want to know how, what's going to happen with these things. I, frankly, I count that as a huge positive, not a negative. Um, and, and I do like recognize that the, you know, I, we're in a, we're kind of in this unique spot where it's like, you know, we've, we're, we're really trying to onboard and focus on how can we make the tech more seamless to get more people into our ecosystem. But, you know, we did have some amazing things like Wonders of the First that were built out of those last contracts, proof of work, proof of stake. You know, those aren't things that are people that have joined us, many of them. Chicago Collectors rolled its sleeves up and jumped in. But we have a lot of people that are much more just, I mean, I see their activity in in um, in in Home Team Heroes. I see their, their buy rate in, um, in basketball. Um, I see that we ran profitable ads that we made the money back on them in less than 90 days. There's a lot of positive markers that tell me how we can scale this business. And, you know, Wonders is a is a really amazing, beautiful Web3 thing. The miners are. And then we kind of have these Web 2.5 things. But overall, it all comes back to this core of collecting and trying to have things that have that viable collector's thesis around them. And I don't want to just push things for the sake of pushing them. I want to try to be thoughtful and intentional. If that means it's a little bit slower, then it's a little bit slower. If it means that something has to sit for a little while because... It has to be, we want to do it right and it needs to get slated in behind something else, then that's what we do. And those are the decisions that we have to make in the business. But ultimately, I just want to hand you a healthy, pretty baby. And that's what we're going to try to focus on doing. The questions are all completely reasonable and I take no offense at any of them. Um, and, you know, it's, uh, again, we're not perfect, but I think that when I look around Web3, I will say this. Let's go back to the Web3 side. Let's forget the Web2.5 and onboarding new people. Let's just talk about Web3 for a minute. When I look at all these Web3 collections where they dropped a 10K, they dropped a follow-up mint during the bull run and took in a bunch of money, and now they have all these holders that are looking at them saying, what are you going to do? How, where's your business model? Man, they're not there. Merch is not a fucking business model. Not unless you're like a huge influencer type, <laughs> like that could be your business model. But like for these Web3 projects, it's just, it's not. And then, and I look around and I see, and I'm not going to call their names out because I don't want this to get clipped and say, Jeff was talking trash about this community or that community. But I don't think they have enough irons in the fire to find viable business models that can come out of this era. And like, if you put all your eggs in one basket, and say, we're gonna release a PFP collection and then we're gonna just work to expand that IP and make it something that the whole world cares about. Um, that's a really tall order. Whereas having things that we can build different products around, interest different people in different things, begin to get crossover in those different things that accrete value back to what we consider kind of our more core frontline collectibles, I, I just think that's a model that's going to work. And 
who knows what the thing is that brings us the next large-scale collector that comes in and buys 10 miners or buys his first geek or buys his first his or her first character proof for Wonders of the First. All of those things, they're they're yes, they're different, and people can swim in certain lanes, but we're, what we have seen is very few people stay in one lane only. And that crossover and cross-pollination is a big piece of how I'm modeling this business. And it is a feature, not a bug, to have a lot of stuff. Again, is it reasonable to ask if there's too much? Yes. Is it reasonable to ask if maybe a couple things should be trimmed? Yes. If I think it needs to be, I'll trim it. And I'll deal with that and we'll work that out. Um, but again, I see those things as a feature, not a bug. And I think just on this call, we have an example. I mean, Chicago came in and I'll, I'll, I'll use him as an example. You know, he came in through the battle break. He said he was a physical collector only. And, you know, now here he is learning about wonders of the first, you know, learning about the, get, you know, getting a geek, get, doing all these things. That's the case study of how, if all we were was one thing, then that's the one he either does that he does that one thing and then and then either just goes off into other web3 projects or just stops there like i i believe that the different lanes we have are a feature not a bug we have to manage and execute on that um and and that's that's the challenge for us in in running in running the business but um yeah appreciate all the questions and i know it's all i know it's because you all care i hope you all know that that care is uh, you know that that, that it's reciprocated and um, I, I think 2024 is going to be a good stretch our stretch our legs year for us because again the major products are here, made, the major franchises are here, um, and we can spend more time iterating. We can spend more time putting some resources on some of those things that quote to the wayside. Um, and uh, and and I think uh, I think 2024 is going to be a fun year for us. Uh, Frenchie, I, I really appreciate you hanging in. We actually have a couple more questions here at the end, so we're we're heading towards the the finish line. But I really appreciate you doing this. We do a lot of these spaces afterwards. Um, I personally took to heart a lot of comments about uh, a space that we did with somebody else from Block Packs, where uh, folks felt like there there were more answers that they wanted. And I think we just need to adjust here at Radish when sometimes folks, we, we want to give you the platform to get up here. And I think for most people, they're uncomfortable. So that's why if you're not in the Radish Discord, just message Slappy White and or Radish Digital, and we'll go ahead, we'll collect those. And so every time we get an opportunity to have Frenchie where we can get a hold of him. And again, this is a super super Q&A where we're asking. I don't expect this to happen again, but we'll catalog them. So when folks come up, we can do this. Um, I do see Smash came up on stage and I'm going to let him speak, Jordan, before we get to your Wonders of the First. Poor Jordan. We're going to get back to I'm him. I'm going to have like 75 <laughs> things to say that's, by the time I get to answer. But we'll, and we'll, be, okay. And we'll be okay with that. But uh, before, before we get to Smash, I just want to say that I, I did see one comment today from uh, somebody who's in the audience they said i hope next year with the focus on bantams we get more people ripping packs and so that is one concern uh frenchy is that you know of course with bantams last year is folks wanted to keep their their crates and i forget the two names for the things we had um whether you got the parrot or the pirate but people didn't want to rip and so of course that was it affected the folks who wanted to set build so is there any thought on how you can get more packs ripped so folks can actually set build 
And Frenchie, if you're talking, um, you're on mute right now. Yeah, I was I was talking there. Sorry about that. Um, so I was just saying that in a you know in a in a market that's healthy, um, you know, there's you try to put certain dynamics in place, and you kind of the market kind of does have to sort a few of those things out. I mean, a, a good example is the you know the the spot price that we saw. Like, I mean, be, your booster boxes were going to be a lot more expensive three days ago. On, in BPX terms, right, and 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 the market kind of sorted that out, and that was great to see. And I think that it helped everybody in the community for that to happen, and I, it was great. It was awesome. And I think like something for the Bantams, once attention goes back to them, I mean, hopefully, what what, what creates there, if the set builders want to build, then they the offers would need to be ones that would maybe provoke that pack ripping. And I, and I think attention is the thing too. Like in, in Jamps has said this before, like his Jamps is a, he's an attention cycler, right? He'll, he'll hit something, <laughs> he'll put his attention there, then he'll do the next thing. So he goes back and forth versus spreading it more across everything. And I think once Bantams have more attention on them, I think that would drive back to get those early ones opened. Surely I would like to think that we will kind of come up with some unique ways to, uh, to, to make, you know, just the, the set building and all the dynamics around the Bantams interesting and engaging, and hopefully that will spark more, more pack ripping. But, um, you know, I mean, that that's you kind of hope that the free market will take care of that. Like, if you want to set build and they're not there, you would like to think that if there's enough people that want to do that, they would post offers on the packs. It would cause more product to get ripped. It would cause more action on the secondary market. I mean, some of that you just kind of need the, the the attention so that there's enough volume there to help drive those things. So. I think a lot of it's just getting the right attention back on it when it's when it's time rolls back around. All right, and um, ah, smash Jordan. I apologize, but Legend has his hand up, and I'm just going to go because I it, Legend was it just about what Frenchie just said? Is this like an apologize to Matt Damon thing that Jimmy Fallon does while you won't go to Jordan? <laughs> <laughs> it's because I no, hate the balls. I'm kidding. And we apologize to Matt Damon. We ran out of time. <laughs> I actually had a quick, quick question about uh, the BPX club thing. Now, oh, wait, 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 hold on, hold on. No, 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 Legend. We'll come right back to you. All right, Smash. You've been kicked out of the space. You've come back. You've come up on stage. Legend, I promise we'll come back to you. So, um, Smash, did you have a question or a comment? Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate it. And I'll make it really quick. First and foremost, I just want to say congratulations to you guys because a lot of you sat here and, and, and waited with the miners and waited for the wonders. And and then there's us who, you know, we came in 30, 60, 90 days, whatever, and we were so impatient. But I, I just think a big congratulations to the team for getting it done, but also to everyone uh, who's been here from day one. Like you guys, this that you guys have to be really, really thrilled about today, more than we could ever understand. So us new people. Um, two, my question uh, is hopefully an easy one, but do we have a closer specific date for NBA? And if you care to enlighten, like what was the thought of waiting until you know, mid to late December to open those. So we actually pulled the community on that one probably before you kind of came in. We talked about it because of the um, football you released, you know, right there at the start of the season. In a perfect world, next year's cadence, we will be shooting for uh, baseball to rip in uh, late 
March, right, right before the season starts, football actually times up better to try to rip it in the middle of the summer because football really has a lot of buzz around it at the national, which is mid to late July. And then that will open the calendar up so that the, that the basketball doesn't have to follow quite as tightly behind it. Whereas this year football was ripping as the season opened and it just really, you know, that NBA opener is not that far down the road. And when we talked to the community, we said, look, we feel like the NBA kind of really picks up and starts really gaining its steam around Christmas. Would y'all prefer that we push it back, do the sale in November, the rip in December? And that that actually had an overwhelmingly popular response. And I think it was simply to allow some opening up of, of, of the timing there for, for people's wallets. So, you know, expect that that cadence to change next year. But that, that was the reason for it this year. It was really because we got behind. Baseball was late. Um, didn't rip when we wanted it to, which would have been before the season. We were a little bit into the season, and then football was on time for the season, but but late for when it would have been its ideal rip, and that just pushed it too close into basketball. Awesome, thank you. And then my last uh, thing is just a quick comment that anything and everything, in my opinion, that you guys can bring into the the block packs marketplace instead of having to deal with. Open sea, um, I I would love that even even for the infinite <laughs> moments because like trying to look at them and and appreciate them in open sea is is an exercise in futility. Yeah, maybe what, maybe what would make sense is to go back and put maybe the first one hundred in there, the ones that I do think have kind of that OG best collector's thesis. See how see how the community responds to having those in there. Um, the one thing that I'm not going to put in the marketplace as a hard line for me is I'm not going to put the miners in there. I believe the miners need to be in self-custody wallets. And the, the but, what, but what I have considered so that we can help onboard new people in is to basically turn some miners into vault tokens. We've done that with other NFTs. So you buy a vault token for the miner. The, the miner is not, the collection is not in the marketplace, but you can buy a vault token and then if you want to keep that vault token we'll custody that miner for you and then when you want to redeem it you would redeem it like you would other nfts that we've had where we would then send that nft to your self-custody wallet so that's one way i thought about doing the miners the wonders of the first character proofs um i'm open there like we can have a discussion around that one i don't feel uh quite as strongly about the self-custody mandate on those as i do the miners um but it may be the same way, the vault token. Maybe that makes the most sense there too. Maybe that just really works for both of them. That's something that we could maybe have a, a survey, see what the temperature is for the community. The, the infinite moments, I mean, that's that's an easy enough one, I think, to add. Is, and maybe we could start with the, the early ones. And, and, and maybe I'm wrong. I mean, maybe there's more demand for if those go in the marketplace and they are fun. I mean, it's the past time. It's, 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 they're cheap. Um, I mean, is it really the end of the world, something that's had all of the utility come out of it if it sells for 10 BPX? I don't think so. Um, Not at all. And maybe that's what and, the common ones go for in some of the later release. And, and so it, that's, that's fine. So, um, yeah, we can take a look at some of that. And I, But I don't disagree with you, like lots and other th- collision and other things. We definitely want those in the marketplace. Awesome. Yeah, miners, I agree. And honestly, even wonders, possibly, I would, I would say no just for – for people to have the the to be able to see it because I think it's going to be huge. So, but thank you.
Yeah, I, I don't. I don't hate that vault token model. We've done that with squiggles. We did that. We did that with a punk. <laughs> so um, if it's good enough for a punk, I think it's good enough for the miners. And I, I think that's probably a good way to split split the difference there, so that we can make them easily accessible for our our new folks that come along, but at the same time, not you know disrupt the what they are and the provenance that they have and, and really where they belong in that kind of self custody setting for the for the vast majority. All right, uh, Smash, I appreciate that. And uh, Legend, Legend, you had a question about the Galaxy Club levels before we return and wrap it up with Wonders of the First. Yeah, so in regards to the, the uh, uh, I forget what you, you call the uh, the books or whatever they are. The collect uh, Yeah, now I know it said that we have to hold like maintain our level for at the release of those that applies for football right um yeah i mean we're we're going to take a pro community stance on that like those okay. of you I, I said that people that spent on their um their booster boxes that will credit that back is and and if that that'll I, that if that needs to happen for football and and basketball to make sure we just kind of get past it and then we can settle back into that for next year I mean, those clubs are intended to, you know, just be another reason that we're just, we want to create more reasons for people to want to hold BPX and add utility to it, right? So it's like, if you'll hold this amount, we'll give you something. And look, it's, it's unapologetic what that's designed for. It's just designed to kind of try to give you another reason to, to want to hold and keep the token. And then ultimately, um, you know, there's a sink for the token. I mean, this is a big sink that we launched here. Uh, I don't know if folks have quite, if that's quite sunk in yet. Um, but you know, we, we had, we had almost like 5 million BPX that came in, in the first six hours, the, the, uh, the uptake, and we'd only had about 20% of the wonders had been claimed and the, yes. the, the sell through rate on those booster boxes is like 76%. Like that's <laughs> way higher than I predicted. And I think part of it is because of, um, the fact that the, uh, that the spot that you know, you're getting them for 5,800 BPX instead of having to cough up 9,000 BPX. And I think that's a big reason for that, that sell-through exceeding the, the number we had surveyed in Edis, which is great. Um, so I'm excited about all those sort of things, but you know, just, just trying to make sure we build the right utilities around the token, the right reasons to want to hold the token, and then ultimately the right ways to spend the token. And that's, that's how we manage the economy. And Jeff, just to piggyback off Legend's question about the comics, because people got confused, right? They they were thinking, and for some of the newer folks, when we did the pre-sale for the Home Team Hero Football, if you had, like we, of course you know, you hold geeks, you get to be in the pre-sale, you hold certain amount of BPX, you reach a club level, you're eligible for shat shatters that get delivered with your box. In addition to that, there was something else, which is there was a comic book that the rarity depends on how much you held. And there was actually a difference between 100 and 200,000 BPX. For Shatters, there was no difference. But for the comic book, there was. Yep. So when we came to basketball, I think that some of us were confused and thought maybe it just wasn't ready for baseball, but now this was going to be a thing every time. So it seems like it was just a thing for football. So I gotta—I have to admit, I'm really confused, uh, Jeff, on the comic book. Is is this just kind of something like the Barefoot Breeze where it's going to be on the side and it's something no, you can no, partake it's a, in? Or No, it's a, it's an, it's an, it's an, it is a, that's an important piece of the puzzle to, 
bring the HTH lore together to have the uh, the collector guide. The collector guides we're 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 building those to be a a real collectible, um, and it's uh, the you know it's just it's just again that that is one of those things where we're just we're just a little bit behind. But I think once we're caught up. We'll be able to we'll be able to 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 to, to hit those on on time going forward. But, um, but no, those are those are important. Those are an important piece of the puzzle. Those are I I I want those to absolutely be a, a thing that is uh, looked forward to and enjoyed. And um, yeah, they're they're it, important. They're not they're nope. not in, they're not the wrong at all. And and so for those of us who you know uh, we're holding our stacks for football, we're going to receive that copy. But going forward, what's the vehicle to to obtain this? Is it going to be tied into home team hero sales, or it's just going to be at the same time you're doing pre-sale for boxes? You're also going to have a chance to buy the physical. Is there any tie-in with? Will you ever have a, a, a digitized token that represents ownership of it? Or, um, I mean, we're they're they're designed as part of the uh, token sync for BPX, and so um, the 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 one that you'll get. Basically, with each release, the way I have it, the way I have it modeled, there will be a collector guide that goes out for each release. The, which, like the the baseball one that you have that you got from National, the football one would be the first one there for football, and then you'll have the one for basketball. And then in between those, there will be four other ones before you get to the next sport. Those other four are not tied to your purchase. Those will actually be. Um, you'll you'll decide if you want to buy one. You'll spend BPX, and then you will have a random for what rarity you get. Oh, um, okay. And so it's part of the. It is. It's a. It's an important piece of the puzzle, um, and one that uh, that in 2024, I, I hope really 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 ends up in in a in a good spot. And we're actually going to have some kind of back issues that we're going to. I want to. I need. I want to get everything caught up. Like I don't want to lose those that gap. So like we we've we've written all the lore, and developed all of those. And Caroline's been working to get all the cover art done. We just did. We just have to have the right machine around that to be able to to manage that art flow. Because that's not like AI. Those are you know managing artists. We've actually got some. We've actually got some named artists that some of you. If you're if you're really a comic book nerd, you'll know some of the artists that have done the covers. Like so, we went to. Funny story. One of my friends from the physical world, collecting sports cards, um, he actually runs a uh, licensing, uh, not a licensing. He's he's basically an agent for comic artists. <laughs> um, and so I went to him and explained kind of what we had here, and and he was like, "Yeah, like your, your covers. I can get you these people." And 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 it, so we've 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 literally we've got covers coming in from kind of we we haven't gone to like big time artists yet. But if you're really a nerd in comics, you would recognize some of them. And then hopefully as we're more successful, we can work up that ladder and then get to some of the really big names. That would be the goal, right? Um, but I have some people that I've paid not insignificant amounts of money to, to do covers and, and, then, and then make those collectible and then have those be part of the token sync mechanic. Because you got to realize I'm trying to manage all of that, right? I got I to gotta make sure our economy is not just all inflation. <laughs> it's got to be deflation too. So... Um, that's one of my deflationary mechanics is to, is to get the is to get those comics rolling. So, um, just a little just same story as earlier. Just we're just a little bit behind on them, but well, and, they're, and big, they're, they're a big they're a big they're a big piece. They're definitely not the wrong, definitely not. And and with the lore, uh, Frenchie, I 
I will bring up one character, but it also goes to what you'll do in the future. Of course, home team heroes are not the athletes. They're inspired by the athletes. But we have to talk about uh, Wonder, who's inspired by Wanda Franco. If, in fact, and he, he hasn't, last I heard, he still hasn't been found guilty of anything. But what would happen to any home team hero? Say, you know, somebody, one of the home team hero football players pulls out a gun and... It, to, to the point about what you were saying in the spaces and what's great about Pokemon, right? Pokemon's not going to go ahead, go on a bender, pull out a gun, and shoot someone. Is right. that That's the beauty of Wonders of the First and things like that. So yep. getting back to our home team heroes, you, somebody who's in the collection is a home team hero, and that happens. And I wouldn't ask this if it was just pure theoretical because, of course, we have somebody who's been kind of in this gray area for a while. What happens to Wonder if if and of course you put him in there because before the season started, Wonder was inspired by Wanda Franco, who was an exceptionally talented baseball player who had such a bright future. So what if 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 somebody's found guilty? What's the plan for for what you do with that home team hero? Well, I mean, I, I you know I don't generally go after you know just go to the court of public opinion, um, we could look at something like the Trevor Bauer case as an example of why not to do that. However, this one seems to have just literally like we, we can all go on social media and see the evidence ourselves, whereas we couldn't do that in a situation like Bauer. I mean, I, I just, I think, I think Wander Franco is absolutely guilty of what he was accused of. Um, now, am I a judge or jury? I'm not. And again, I'm a guy that likes to say, let's, 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 you know, give people benefit of the doubt. Let's make sure this is right. Um, <clears throat> wonder dies in the, in the, in the lore and it doesn't take much longer. And I mean, he, we're just, we're going to, he's just going to be gone. Um, but as far as those, those tokens that were already created, they're part of the points. They're part of the set mechanic, um, at least for this season that we, we, I think we have to honor that because there are people that it would be unfair to say that we're going to do away with wonder cards and, um, you know, you got a black wonder one of one, and that's a lot of points for you. That just wouldn't be fair. We can't do that. So I think we have to live through the season. We have to let the, the color pops have to reward based on where he finished. Um, and then after that, you know, then, you know, it held people could burn them if they don't want to have them in their wallet at that point. Right. Or, and, um, but it's, it's kind of like, you know, there are, there, are, um, was hit Hernandez like what's what's his first name? It's getting late on me here, but um, the tight end they killed the they Aaron? Said, Aaron Hernandez. His cards are still out there. I mean, he's a murderer, no convicted, right? So, um, people could throw him in the trash, and I think that's kind of what the that's kind of where I'm at on on your the, the cards that you have. I mean, I can't tell you you have to do that. I mean, and I'm not really inclined to buy them back or anything like that. Like that's it's it's that's like, I mean, so I, th I think it's just kill him off yep. in the lore. We won't have him again. Let it go. Let it run its process for the um, for the points. And then people can do with them what they see fit. And it, it is kind of bad because he's not the player. Wonder was a super fan. But the stigma around it with what he did, what it seems he did, we, we just don't we don't want we just don't want to have a. a anything that kind of, you know, has that inspiration really going forward for sure. So that, that character for us, we just kind of had to get him out of the way. No, I, I appreciate it. I mean, that's, again, I don't want to dwell on that. It's the negative, but it's it's facing the collection and, and it's it's inevitable. Something like that's going to happen when you're dealing with a hundred 
um, American athlete, professional athletes over a year through three sports. I mean, it's the odds are it's going to happen. Uh, all right. Finally, we're going to head over to Jordan. And Jordan now has 68 questions. Jordan, is that what's the first question you want to ask? Um, can we kick Chicago off the stage, please? <laughs> all right. Put your rivalry down. Yes. What, what's your. Oh, and all Jordan. Right. A good thing to mention to folks is we had the Thursday night football, but you, there is still time to register for Radish Fantasy. So make sure you head over there because you have until Sunday at kickoff. You actually can use Thursday's uh, players to actually play in the fantasy. And if you already registered, you can DM us and we'll tweak your lineup. Until we go to Fantasy 3.0, we can't lock certain players in games. So until then, we'll let folks submit their lineup anytime until Sunday and we will manually change it if you decide that you want to alter it after the Thursday game. Sorry, Jordan. Go ahead. Awesome. I had a lot to say, but I'll make it short and sweet because you've been up here a long time, which we appreciate, Frenchie. Um, so... I was talking with people the other day, and I'm not much into um, like Pokemon and card games as well, but obviously I'm trying to learn about cards getting banned and or nerfed, I guess, because they're too strong. I had a question about that specifically. Okay, shoot. That was the question. Like, like do you why, anticipate... Why does it happen, you mean? so? Uh, I guess... Sorry, why why does it happen? And you guys brought on uh, was it Brian? Brian Tinsman, yep. Yeah, brought on Brian, uh, who's been doing that for you know twenty years or so. Yeah, um, do you nerf, see it happening? Yeah, nerfing an overpowered card or changing it or banning it um, is actually it's actually a feature of of collectible card games, not a bug. I, mean, I hate to keep using keep carting that analogy out, but it is because what it does is. The way this works is a game developer will develop a game. These are deck-based games. There are basically infinite possibilities. If you have a 50-card deck and you have 200 cards to choose from, and then you shuffle that deck and draw off the top of it, there's actually a – this is actually really good. There's a Neil – what's his name? Neil Neil Tyson deGrasse. He, he has a YouTube video about how – many times like how how many uh possible permutations there are in a shuffled deck of just playing cards and he talks about like there are more there's more ways to shuffle that deck than there are like stars in the galaxy and he talks about how many <laughs> it's insane so you literally watch it because it's kind of mind-blowing but then a deck building game is even more because that that deck of cards starts with 52 cards and all 52 all cards decks are exactly the same. With this, your deck can be totally different from one person to the next and then you shuffle it and then you play. So what that means is is that you you just cannot in playtesting get anything close to what could be considered a large sample size of gameplay. So what then happens is you get your playtesters, they playtest the game, the game looks good, and then they ship it. And then you get 1,000 people playing it, 10,000, 50, 100,000 if you're Magic the Gathering. And now all of a sudden, one player figures something out and it, it, they develop like what – it gets called a, a meta, like a, a, the meta of your deck 
every deck, if you don't have this particular card, you're going to be underpowered. And then everybody goes out and chases that card. And then that card is overpowered and, and it's, it's causing the game not to be as, as enjoyable. It breaks the game and then they nerf the card or ban the card. But the communities that play these games, they love to find those things. That's why I'm saying it's a feature, not a bug. And it's also an inherent part of it. When we do our playtesting, we have the potential here to invite, bring on a lot more people to do playtesting than a normal game would allow because we're going to have it through our gated Discord with the print and plays. And you'll literally print it out, cut the cards out, and play it across your kitchen table. And then we'll have more reports coming in of things that may be overpowered, and maybe we'll be able to leverage this Web3 community to, to do maybe a little better than some, some other game companies do to have maybe less of that. Um, but we're still probably going to – we're going to run into it too. It's just an inherent part of what it is. Like the the best mathematicians in the world, you go back to the guy that developed uh, Magic the Gathering, Garfield. He's a you know, you know regarded as a, just a brilliant dude, and he worked on that game mechanic for – I forget. I read it once. It was I, a long time before it actually became Magic the Gathering, and uh, and it he still overpowered the hell out of it right out the gate. I mean, he they had to ban nine cards, the Power Nine. They all got banned from Alpha, and that's how bad he missed. And he's regarded as just an absolute brilliant dude. Now it was early in in that in that process as far as CCGs as a whole, but um, so so Tinsman, even though we have a really skilled guy. We're, we're going to end up with some overpowered cards. Like, that's going to happen. Um, and, you know, I can also add a little feedback into this just on the processes that we've been going through, Jeff. If, not to interrupt if you were done with your thought. No, I'm good. You know, um, so a couple of things. And, Jeff, I just actually thought of this. So, you know, take it with a grain of salt. But, you know, we have AI now. And we're going to have a GPT where it knows all the story. Um, so it is possible that we could have a GPT that also knows all the abilities and can play the game and can find these cards ahead of time. That's something that, you know, running an AI through a million matches and seeing what card plays best is not something that Magic had the uh, option to do. And then secondly, it's also, you know, in the naming of some of these characters, which is, you know, there's 5,000 of them that we have. Uh, Pokemon and Magic has, you know, tens of thousands of cards. And they've had different teams that work on the different abilities, the different sets, et cetera, et cetera. And so what often happens is something that we're running into with some of the naming is that perhaps you'll give uh, a name to a character that's an elf and, uh, you know, it gives all elves plus three. And, you know, you play 10 of those, seven of those in a row, and they interact with each other in ways that you just didn't foresee because of the way that they were named. All elves get plus two. And, you know, it's a very generic example, but essentially what I'm getting to is that you name something into one class that maybe wasn't supposed to be there or gives it an overpower thing. And out of 5,000 cards, you don't really think about it too much. And when the gameplay comes and all elves get plus three, you find that out then. And so there's a number of different pieces that go into that. Um, but I think using some of the AI stuff that we've leaned into and we want to, we may have the ability to really help counteract that in the future. Awesome, awesome answer. I just dropped that card shuffling video into the comments for this uh, space. Um, it's, 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 it's a short video, it's only like two minutes. It, it's mind blowing. And then again, take that and, and, it's, and we're talking like, a, like I don't even I don't even know how to do the math of if because again with with the example he'll take you through 
It's 52 static cards. And that's not the way a CCG is. The combination of cards that could even go into the deck. So it would be like an order of magnitude or multiple orders of magnitude, even bigger than what he unpacks. And so when you see that and really put your brain around that, then I think you can begin to understand how even the best of the best game developer in the world is going to end up making some overpowered cards. It's just, it's just going to happen. Okay. And I, I do want to give a special shout out to, uh, you know, when you look at the stage, Frenchie and Kisher, is that we're looking at some of the new folks, right? On stage, who do we have? Is that we have of the three, um, of the th well, it's he just topped off Smash, but Smash Chicago Collectors, two people who are new just since the battle breaks over the last month. And then, of course, you have Petrarca, who folks who aren't in touch with him, he's actually in Europe right now. His wife's German, so they're at her family's house. It is six in the morning there, and he has been listening to this thing all night long. So he started at three in the morning. He's been listening until six and he's not going to bed. He's actually listening to this. And I will say, Frenchie, it's interesting is this individual is not here right now. I was talking to one of the new people today. He's a very positive person, excited about the ecosystem. And we were talking about the minting that he had to do today or the claiming he had to do. And he he said, you know, they, they need to explain this. They need, they need to make this simple because he was getting caught up right with the MetaMask and the gas and everything. And I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. I was like, you came in under battle breaks. I'm like, Blockpacks never told you to start sprinting as soon as you got here. And I'm like, that's our fault. But I will say for the folks who are new to the ecosystem, the one thing that's con consistent about members of the Blockpacks community that over the past couple of years you've had, it, when you're here after six months, you say, I wish I knew this. I wish I had gotten a legend instead of a hero. I wish I had waited a little bit longer. I wish I had done this. And so what was hard is for all those new people who showed up a month ago, Frenchie, we knew the wonders was coming. So what was really hard is we. it was very hard not to share with them. Dude, if you're going to be part of this ecosystem and there are people who love the Discord, started chatting, some people who weren't Web3 people at all, weren't Discord people, but we said to them, if you're going to stick around here, you're going to kick yourself for not having a wonder. And then of course you have somebody like Petrarca who ended up with like 20 miners, um, but he, all of them, they all just picked up miners so they could get their wonder spots. And you know, I reminded this individual I was talking to, I was like, hey, that wasn't blockbacks. Don't blame them. They never told you to run this fast, this quick. But Frenchie, is, I actually find that the web two physical people you brought in under Home Team Hero, they are much easier to, to transition into Web3 than I ever thought they would be. Like, these people are embracing it. They, of course, they're good. Like, Smash just told you, put everything. You know, I, I have to laugh when Smash says, put everything on um, your marketplace because he doesn't like OpenSea. And I think about those of us who, for two years, had to have Infinite hold our hands every time we ran into a problem with OpenSea. But what it tells you is, you know, Smash is new and he's going on OpenSea because he's going to every silo in your ecosystem. Are you surprised how much the Web2 people, which is that was your thesis all along, right? Tip of the spear, they'll come in, they'll want to do other things. But are you surprised how quickly some of these Web2 nativists are spreading into Web3 silos? Um, no, I, I'm, I, I'm not super surprised. I, I, I felt confident in that, in that. I really did. And, um, and I think... We we will be able to do a better job because I'll admit, man, it, it's been it's been a bit of a fire drill for us the last forty five days. And when I when I've said that we need to take off a few weeks, part of it is just because 
we've been scattered, smothered, and covered. And it's not just been Kish. It's been the whole team. But the team has been really humping it. And um, and I, I need to give them a break or else we're going to blow a tire. And I don't want that. Uh, or worse yet, implode. I've seen it happen. It's not good. That's a that's a quote from Wolf of Wall Street. It's getting late. Um, but anyway, the uh, the I, I, I had a lot of confidence in that. And, and we really haven't done a good job of cross promoting these things. So um, I, I feel like once we do that and we get that side of thing, get a better CRM function going. And these the new guys on stage can tell you like we haven't tried to push them into that other stuff. They found that stuff on their own. Um, we haven't even messaged our new people about Wonders of the First yet. Um, and it's because we didn't really have a good onboarding plan for them. And we didn't want to lead them into a negative experience. So um, I, I, I have a tremendous amount of confidence in that. We're, we're going to have a lot more confidence in our media buy for spring for the baseball release because now I've been able to see – how acquiring new users through football, through battle breaks primarily, but not, not entirely, um, or, or, or getting them into battle breaks to help, help them kind of get a little bit better feel for community, and then seeing how they showed up at the uh, basketball pre-sale, running the math back on that to see how that media that we invested in, it, it paid a positive ROI. Um, and that was freaking great to see. And that gives me a lot more confidence to, to turn up the budget uh, in spring leading into the baseball release. So uh, that's what we'll, we're going to shoot to do. I'm going to give Caroline a, a pretty, a pretty wide, uh, wide berth there that she can do some things to, as football gets closer to the playoffs, really hammer football. We'll have a little bit of basketball that we're, we've held back, like we said, but we're, most of that's going out to the community and then try to you know continue onboarding people in spring. And I do believe that crossover will continue and only get better as we get better at doing the CRM because Scott, to be honest, the CRM function for these folks has mainly been you, you guys, like you, meaning you, you and Radish and Jamps and then other people in the community um, that have held people's hands and really helped bring them along when they showed up in Discord. That was the CRM function. Like we, we did, we did close to nothing, and we can do something, and that's what we, and we will do something. But we didn't do, we didn't really do much this time. Awesome. Well, we love the new people who've come in. They've been they've been a real great shot in the arm for the community. 100%, Jordan, one hundred percent, man. I mean, yeah, and 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 again, I know it's getting late, and I mean, this stuff excites me tremendously. <laughs> this is the thesis for why our there's only so many lost miners. There's only so many wonders proofs. There's only so much of these things, and as we grow the ecosystem, that's how it can accrue real sustainable long-term demand back to these things without relying on purely you know speculation pump and dump a real thing where you wake up every day and you're not thinking about oh i want to sell some miners today because i think they're gonna they're gonna crap the bed it's you just don't even think about it and then someday down the road you wake up one day and you're like man i sure would like to take a vacation i'm gonna sell a miner and um and, and when people that are in real world collecting and they and they have things that they truly value, that's how they behave. They 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 and, and and what that does is it it manages the demand and supply flow so that everybody is just you know that that's why Mickey Mantle cards, fifty two tops Mickey Mantles, there's a, they're they're there. You can get one, but they're they're not. Most of the supply doesn't turn over very often. 
And it's because the people that are holding it believe and are confident in it long term, and they sell it when they either have a need or a want. And or and and that's that's how we that's how things should behave when there's a true value thesis attached to it. When it's not, then it's it's peer versus peer pump and dump. Okay, and uh, as you've been mentioning, Frenchie, how late it is, uh, but I don't want to shortchange poor Jordan. So Jordan, is that uh, what's your next question? Well, I didn't have a question. I was just going to say tech support has been great in the last 45 days, helping people get set up. It, uh, it has helped me learn a lot with Web3 and Web2 people. So I think you're doing a good, fantastic job, honestly. And and a shout out to you, Jordan, because I know some of the new folks have talked about uh, that you mentioned tech support. People have referred to you as tech support. So, Jordan, I know you're doing a great job helping folks on the phone walk through things. So thank you, Jordan. And and Jordan, thanks for your patience. So I'll tell you what is we're going to go ahead and I see Chicago and Jordan are still on the stage. Kisher, uh, don't go anywhere because we're going to give you a last word before we go to Frenchie. And, um, but we'll start with you, Jordan, then move over to Chicago. Jordan, thanks for your patience. I know in behind the scenes, folks, Jordan mentioned he had a wonders of the first question. I didn't want to keep going back and forth from wonders to the other silos. So I appreciate your patience uh, tremendously, Jordan. No, the space was uh, awesome tonight. I learned a, a lot. I uh, appreciate you, Frenchie, for being up here as long as you did. Um, and thanks for hosting, Scott. That's all I got. Thank you so much, Jordan. All right, Chicago, you still with us or are you down on the dock working? Uh, I just I just got off the dock uh, next shift. But uh, <laughs> I'll just I'll just say this as a as a final point for for new guys. Um, I'm a 100 percent physical collector. Uh, block, block packs has proven me wrong. When I heard of the wonders, and you can have Carol Fine show you the show you the message I sent her. I said I can't believe I'm going to say this, <laughs> but I have to have one of those wonders of the first. I don't care what it takes. I don't care what I have to do. I want one because I see the collectability and the potential value down the road from a 100% physical collector. Never thought I'd say that. But thanks, and I'm uh, enjoying the ride so far. That's awesome. That's awesome, man. Happy to red pill you. The CryptoPunks did the same thing to me. And once I understood it, and I understood that it was truly the same, only in a digital form, and I had that, the provenance, all the things, uh, it, it red pilled me. And, and there's, there's plenty more like us that are out there. And we just got to go find them and evangelize this. And when they come in, the thesis around a lot of the stuff we've built the miners, the wonders, HTH, Bantams, all that will get them. Yeah, if I if I don't think there's a good thesis, we're not going to build it. And and I and, and I think that once people understand that and they get red pilled, then it's just a matter of you know getting more and more of them. And I think we have a good formula for that. So thank you for that feedback. It's awesome to hear. All right, uh, thank you so much, Chicago uh, Kisher. So I'll give you a second to come off mute. But Kisher, we appreciate you from the West Coast joining us as always, which is so looking forward to all the future announcements and shares you're going to do with us on the Wonders of the First and our character proofs. Uh, any final thoughts, Kisher? All right. He, and if well, he might have stepped away from, he's not coming off mute. So Jeff, I'll tell you what, I'll turn to you and give you the last word then. Man, I've said a lot of words tonight, so uh, I don't really have anything else to say. I appreciate those that have stuck in here this long. Um, 
you know, uh, it's, uh, it's, it's a fun time with the wonders. This has been a long time coming and uh, I, I, I hope we'll, everybody will enjoy it. I hope you'll love what you get. Um, and just remember what I said, you never know what's going to crop up and be the lightning bolt and you never know, you know, just, just, you just never know. So just find some stuff you love and, and, and let the story play out. And, um, and you may be, you know, you don't, don't think that if you don't, if you're, if you're, if your metadata doesn't light up legendary, don't think that you lost. You definitely, that would be a, that would be a, a bad assumption. So, um, yeah, just, in, just let's enjoy it and let's have some fun and let's try to keep, uh, keep spreading the word, try to get as many new people into the booster boxes as we can with that, with the leftovers. I think that is one of the next great kind of things to pull people back into our ecosystem. I think once people, if they met one of those booster boxes, they're not very far away from other things that we would want them to join us on. So um, help us evangelize that and, and let's see if we can pull a few more people in before this before this uh, week-long push is, is all wrapped up. All right. Thank you so much, Frenchie. And that's it for this edition of BPX After Dark. As a reminder, BPX After Dark is broadcast live every Thursday at 9 p.m. Eastern in X Spaces. It can also be heard on your favorite podcast platform, whether it's Spotify, iTunes, Pandora, Stitcher, Deezer, you name it, you can find it there. We want to thank everyone who came on stage today and shared their thoughts. Zarek, Chicago, Legend, Jordan, and of course, Kisher and Frenchie for spending three hours to answer all the questions. All the questions in the Radish channel that are questions from Frenchie have been answered. They're going to be cleared, so start filling them up again. But the good news is we will not have a giant list next time. So no more three-hour marathons. We appreciate three and a half. We also want to thank Block Packs always for partnering with Radish Digital, giving us this chance to bring them on, answer questions, talk with the community, and share the concerns and thoughts and excitement that members of the community have. And just a reminder, get over there and register for NFL Week 13 for the HTH Fantasy. And finally, most importantly, I want to thank all the listeners for tuning in, including Lithium Boy, or woman who was in here earlier, uh, but especially those of you who made it the entire three and a half hours. Thank you so much, everyone. Take care and have a great night. All right, folks, this is Discord user Slappy White. We're going to do something a little bit different this time. We're going to do a little BPX After Dark Extra because after three and a half hours, what you really wanted was just an extra. But we've got D-Jams on. He had a little bit of technical difficulties last night, so just want to get some of his thoughts about how he's feeling about the wonders of the first claim that's going on right now. So, Jams, first thing to ask about is how many total, how many total spots do you have for... Uh, wonders of the first claim it was it, it's between two wallets so it, it was 162 and then now james you always are the one like when we talk about it you'd say i have no idea how many i have so be honest you you had an eye you you had a guess were you surprised when you linked up your wallets to look in the list is that more or less go ahead i nailed it <laughs> I nailed it to the T. I wasn't off by a single one, which if you had asked me if I wanted to bet that I had it right, like I wouldn't have put any I wouldn't have put any money on that whatsoever. I was actually shocked to see that. I assumed it would be, you know, one or two more, one or two less, you know, something like that. I knew I was, you know, about right, but yeah, I'm actually pleasantly surprised at myself on that one, Slappy. That's awesome. All right. And so you're not going to spend the gas to mint all of them, right? Well, you'll probably only, I mean, claim, you'll only claim a, 
I'm kidding. I know you're going to claim I mean, all of them. I, I couldn't even wait for the gas to die down yesterday. I uh, the first so the first transaction I did, and I was well. I, and I was, so, and, and to stop you, you, you could only do twenty at a time, right? So you have to do nine yeah. transactions. Okay, so right. okay, and so the first time you're doing it, then you know you also have the uh, ability to purchase up to twenty of the physical boxes. So um, I clicked. You know, yes, I want to buy twenty boxes. And I clicked to sign out, and the gas was like $125. And I'm staring at this thing. I was like, $125. I was like, that's not what I was expecting. But I was I was too scared to like hit no or anything. I'm like, I'm not going to risk it. I'm not going to be able to buy these 20 boxes. I'm just like, boom, I pay it. And then I texted Jeff, like, is this right <laughs> with the uh, with the gas? Which he explained, you know, why why it was that. But it, that was high. Like, so then later on, I waited, and then, then it came down. I think I was paying like... 75 80 dollars um a clip for gas and then someone else told me last night they got it down to around 50 so yep i for i didn't have 20 but i had 14 and i got 43 dollars. so right. it was yeah looking at the different metrics it looked like that was about as low as it did you, did you buy the 14 physicals i did yep i bought the matching so i got them all together i think for folks who I we have a mix of folks in the wonders claim who are brand new, don't know anything about the blockchain and and minting and gas, and you know I was joking in the Discord that we all remember paying 150 in gas for an 80 dollar item. Like one of the first things you know you get baptized in blockchain, you're like, this is ridiculous. Like, can you ever imagine like going into a store and and buying like buying like Bose headphones and they're like, it's $200, but it's going to cost you 450 because the tax is 250 on top. I mean, you just, you'd be like, this is ridiculous. I'm not going to do it, but we did. So, so the other thing that the newer folks don't know is that block packs always insulated us from this, right? Is they, uh, they economize the gas they structured it i i know james you and i aren't the technical experts but the way jeff's always explained it to us is that they package it in a way so gas will be efficient and it doesn't cost much so i know they're trying but it's funny because this is probably the most expensive thing i've ever bought in block packs on on their chain is that paying this gas i mean the crypto punks everything this is the most expensive for you isn't it um yeah, I guess in one total investment, when you add up uh, all the physical boxes, yeah. Yeah, and it's, I mean, it's interesting for, so speaking just to the Web3 nativists, is that we've seen, right, with the bull run, 90% of NFT projects have collapsed. And so some at some point, I would love to have a macro person. I don't know, maybe Leone can come on, he can talk about it, or Dobbs. But it's fascinating to me that you would think if 90% of the NFT market collapsed, you, which we all know gas spikes, right? When somebody has got a big minting going on and then we're fighting with those people um, to get the computing power to support our transaction. So it just seems strange to me that, you know, that the price could be this high. Again, it's like, this is a, a, a very simpleton understanding, but I just didn't think our gas prices would ever get this high again. But again, it goes back to what was Jeff saying, champs, is it's because it's already minted and it's claiming that that's kind of how it's going to be. That that's why it has to be at this level. Yeah, yeah. I don't I don't know the the technical uh, jargon he was using to be honest with you, but uh, I I think that they they've done as good of a job they can on this one. So um, you know, unfortunately, I think the gas kind of is what it is. Yeah, and that's a, you know something you said they did as good a job, and I guess we sh should mention that with all the hype projects in twenty twenty one, those projects didn't care about. Um, 
making smart decisions with their with their gas because they knew that people were going to FOMO. They were flipping. It was all about hype. And so what's interesting is BlockPacks is different than other communities because they actively try to minimize gas for us. They think about the end user, which is nice. Now, James, you mentioned how much you paid for the first couple, but did you do all 162? Are you done? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, I ended up, I didn't wait that long. Um, once I, <laughs> once I found out that, you know, no, it, something wasn't crazy at the 125, then I, uh, I just, I just kept clicking. <laughs> no, no thoughts about trying to wait till the end. Of, it, I, I'll tell you, I wouldn't want to forego a wonders of the first, but conversely, well, nobody's right. We're not going to min on 5,000, but I almost, it would be nice to wait until the end and try to get the perfect mint. I know that's not possible, right? Because some people aren't going to show up. Although I, I don't understand. Well, no, we shouldn't say mint. That's right. It's claiming, claiming. So the fact that I think what's been decided is anything that's not claimed is going to revert back to the team. So it yep. becomes theirs. So I guess they're going to get the perfect mint number, right? They'll get 5,000 then. Yeah, I guess. But I mean, that, I don't know. I, I don't. I don't assign any uh, extra value to that personally, but you know, everyone uh, reasonable people can disagree on that. Well, no, you're, thousand, you're, that doesn't do anything for me. You're a physical card collector, but so for you, if it's a perfect mint on a baseball card, that would mean something to you, right? A perfect mint, like the ten, ten, 10 of 10. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. But, uh, so 5,000 and 5,000 of this wouldn't mean anything to you. No, no. Like, so if, Let's say there's a card uh, out of 99, um, a physical card. So would the card 99 out of 99 mean anything to me? No. I wouldn't pay an extra cent for it. But that doesn't mean that there's not some collectors that do have a premium for that. Um, It's just not like sometimes people pay premiums for jersey numbers and sports. Right. You don't? Not not my thing. No, not my thing. Um, Yeah, I know. Some people like the one, you know, the first one. Again, not. Not my thing, but there there are people that you know will assign some premiums for things like that. And you know, I didn't think about it, but technically, the perfect mint is only going to last for up to ten years, right? Because last night uh, or during the spaces, Frenchie did mention that the the additional five thousand that are part of the ten thousand piece collection will be rolled out eventually, and in theory, about ten years out. So at that point, it just becomes another number. So that's yeah. not even 10,000 would, I guess, would be the perfect mint. All right. So I know a lot, a lot of folks are going to be curious about your buddy. And in fact, I think your your buddy who you were buying, quote unquote, my friend who I was buying all those miners for, I, if I recall correctly, was I know he wanted to have a um, presence in, in, in Web3 and blockchain, kind of diversified their portfolio a little bit. But did he, was he also driven by the wonders and that's why he was really aping into the miners or was it the the miners were definitely a big part of it and the wonders were just equal part of it it was yeah no it was equal parts just the historical significance of uh of both collections he doesn't um he doesn't really care about the pixel art he hasn't so far cared about um wonders other than it being the first um one on proof of on proof of stake but um, here's the thing. So I sent him Frenchie's video from the other day where Frenchie really does the deep dive into 
the difference between the, the two collections, the physical and the NFT collection. Um, so as of yesterday, he had listened to about half of it, promised me he was going to try to listen to the other half last night. I followed up this morning. I said, I was like, I don't want to jump on the phone with you until you finish listening to that video. So once you finish listening to that video, then we'll get on the phone and, you know, I'll lay out what your options are and uh, see what he wants to do. Obviously, he's claiming all of his all of his wonders. You know, that goes without saying. So really what we're talking about is the physical boxes. He's not a physical collector. Um, you know, he's, he doesn't come from a collector's background like I do and like a lot of people in our ecosystem. And like when I was originally explained to him, because he got BPX, right, for the lost miners. So he's like, all right, well, you know, what's the long-term game plan? I explained it. And I said, you know, to cash it out, I said the the responsible way to handle it for the community is you end up utilizing it to buy, you know, the physical assets, um, and then we sell it. And he's like, and you'll help me with that, right? He's because like, he doesn't he he was not excited by the idea of having to, you know, get in baseball or basketball cards and then sell it. So I was like, that's gonna be a long time down the road. I was like, but yeah, I'll I'll take care of that for you. So when I have a conversation with them about, do you want to buy almost a hundred physical boxes? That's, you know, that's going to uh, definitely sound like it's coming from left field um, from me. So I don't know, you know, I know, I know how much BPX he has. Um, I know how much ETH he has in his wallet that's been just sitting there um, since the beginning of this year. So nice return, you, a nice return there. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And if he were to utilize all of his BPX and all of his ETH that's sitting in there, it's it's basically a wash. He he could buy all the physicals. Um, does he want to? I don't. I don't know. But I'm hoping to uh, to get him on the phone. You know, at some point this weekend and, and figure it out. My gut tells me he's either going to buy zero of them or he's going to buy them all. Uh, I don't think it'll be a in between scenario for him. Now, if he does not want to buy them all, and and what's his allocation again? I think it's ninety four. Okay, and so if if he doesn't, you have access to his wallet because you've done a lot of transactions for him. Is would he be open to letting community members um, take his allocation? I'm sure. I mean, he wouldn't. It's not even really something that have to run by him. You know, he doesn't. Yep. Uh, it, it wouldn't. It wouldn't affect him in any way. So yeah, sure. And so his are, because right now, uh, of course, at the time of this recording, you can't go back afterwards to claim the boxes. Right now, you have to do it at the same time, and the team's working on, before the December 6th deadline, making it so you can go back after. So when, are, are you going to be the one to go ahead and claim his wonders then uh, for him? No, I'm going to try, I'm going to walk him through that. Okay. Um, I'd rather... I'd rather he pay the gas than me. <laughs> um, yeah, but the, the wallet that I have control of over him, it has all of his miners in it. So that's the wallet that I'm going to claim the winners from, but it doesn't have the BPX in it. It doesn't have the ETH in it. I transfer those, um, well, I transfer the BPX to a wallet that he created, and uh, I didn't I didn't need access to the ETH. I, if he wanted me to have access, he can just send it to me. You know, that's, right. that's what we usually did, and then I would buy it for him. Um, so... Yeah, I don't. I mean, he would give me access to it, but it's not yeah. a not a wallet I need access to. And he has his ledger. Um, so once you know, once we figure all this stuff out, then you know we'll get everything consolidated to his ledger, and uh, I won't have access anymore. So what's interesting too is he he's got about ninety character proofs. I didn't think about this. Now he was someone who just said it and forgot it. 
what's interesting with the lost miners, right? He might have some grails. They're going to go away and that, and that's fine. Cause that's just, it's no different than any of us who diamond hand one of our collections. A little bit different when you're talking about the wonders of the first and the way Frenchie was talking about the characters, right? And developing the IP. I, that's what Frenchie really wants. There was discussion by Chicago and others talking about, uh, and people have really focused on the IP of this project and what folks don't understand. And, you know, he talks about Disney would never allow this. I, I mean, I, if Frenchie hasn't put it this way, he'd love nothing more than for the community to create movies and books and comic cons around Wonders of the First. And he doesn't need to get a dime out of it because there are two things. One is Frenchie's a businessman and he doesn't talk about money, but I know he's not opposed to making money. And so if, if you develop that franchise, it'll come back on him and he'll benefit financially. But the other thing is Frenchie has a lot of successful businesses, but you can tell the passion when he talks about uh, block packs and the silos and wonders of the first. I mean, he was on, he was on spaces today for six hours. I was talking with somebody at block packs. So I was like, Oh yeah, Frenchie stayed till the end of our, our, our spaces, three and a half hours. And I'm like, if you add up the one he did with uh Yuga, the one they did at wonders of the first Twitter handle. And then the one at radish digital, that's six hours. He was in spaces. And the best part, he was just excited and still going at the end of six hours. So it's his passion. But it comes back. The question to you is, if 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 your if your friend has some of the main characters, right? Is that how um, is is he going to be open to? How's that going to work? Is he just going to keep it away in a vault, or what are your thoughts? Have you? I mean, if if I saw like a licensing opportunity for him or something like that, you know, of course I'll I'll mention it to him. Um, I don't think he's going to be actively seeking out anything to do with his IP rights. But if I bring him, you know, it's like, look, this is the main character. This person wants to make X deal with you. I'm, I'm, I don't see why he wouldn't, uh, you know, wouldn't be open to that. His, his company that he runs, I mean, it's a, it's a huge, huge time suck. Um, you know, he, he, he's a slave to the job. Um, so I don't think he's looking to uh, add a, a quote unquote second, second job, you know, on top of that for him. But uh, yeah, yeah I mean, I'm good. sure he'd be open. He's got you to have this as your third job. Is that that's right? <laughs> hey, can you do us a favor? Change his wallet since you have access to where the miners are and the wonders are going to go. Can you change the wallet on OpenSea to Jam's friend so we can search it? <laughs> I don't even remember how to do that, but yeah, I can walk you through that. I I just yeah. did that the other day for uh, Yo Yo Nine Oh Nine. I but yeah, change it to that so we can all look in there. Like honestly, it would be awesome just to go through and look at it. Is should, should I put friends in? Should I put friends in quotes? <laughs> I don't think that uh, I don't think that character is allowed in your name. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So looking at how this is going is that champs. There was speaking of the six hours of spaces that uh, Frenchie and uh, Kisher were doing yesterday, and we should mention Kisher. He's putting in the time too. Is the there was talk about the first three hundred tokens being held back? So did you catch that on the spaces? Yeah. All right. So what are your thoughts? Cause, cause what's, what's happening? So what's this with the team holding 300 back? What's this about? Um, I think, you know, they're, they're just safeguarding the, the quote unquote rare numbers. Um, you know, what he said last night on the spaces was that he, they're not looking to take these 300 in and then, you know, maximize their profit on it. They just want to, you know, be good stewards to these, uh, low numbers. So, um, with an exception of zero through six or seven, um, 
I, I think that those are going to find their way out into the wild. Um, but I don't think that Blockpacks necessarily knows exactly how they plan on doing that. Um, of course, I have uh, I have full faith in their uh, in their ability to figure that one out. And uh, yeah, I'm not again. I'm not a numbers guy. Like I'm not concerned about it. Do I think that like uh, you know one of the first hundred could be worth more than one of the last five thousand? Yeah, sure. When Frenchie was saying though, like, does anyone think that three hundred one is worth different than three thousand? No, absolutely not. Um, I, you know, someone can disagree with me. I think they're wrong. Like I'll, I don't, I don't think yeah. it's even a matter of an opinion. I just. I, well, let, show, let me show, ask show you me, this. Show me the sales stats. Like looking at. Uh, at lost miners show me a single time that someone actually was paying a premium based on the number besides 9999 right well i i I, that's where i was going to ask you so when it comes to lost miners which of course is a ten thousand piece collection not five thousand and of course that's a little bit skewed because of what block packs holds in their vault but it is a larger one i would say I wouldn't even say 99. I wouldn't say the top 99, but I would say when you get below 50, it's interesting, right? Because you might get Lost Miner number 18, and its rarity is 6,744. So nothing special special about it other than being the last um, last proof of work. But I would say it, when, when you see a miner that's number 25, that you wouldn't pay a little bit of a premium for that? You wouldn't no. even pay? Not even a .05 no okay no i assign i assign no difference in value um to that the only one with an exception the only one being is the one that you know tito had that the nine 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 that's the last right i i definitely can assign a value to being the last of the last collection just like i can assign a huge value to being the first of the first collection you know token zero Um, i I i think those two tokens have massive you know um, can be worth massive amounts just based on their number alone. The other ones, it just doesn't do it for me. Yeah, you know, when you're talking right now and you're talking about there's massive value to the first of the first, I'm thinking that I probably should have waited to purchase mine on the first of December. I feel like somebody, Karma, is going to, whoever bought or bought, whoever claimed their wonders on the first of December is going to get, well, that's the first of the, I don't know, it's token zero. So that doesn't, maybe you'll get planet one, Petraeus, I think is what it is. I'm going to call that planet Petraeus, by the way. I know that the general, that's not named for him, but what's the name of that planet? Oh God, now I can't, now I can't, I'm not going to get that out of my head. <laughs> <laughs> name, name two other planets, James. I can't. Yeah, so they're, I'm, they're, they're not, they're not planets, they're orbitals. Orbitals, yes, orbs is that i know but i appreciate you i I like hey way to deflect when i ask you to name two of them is to correct me as you should but (laughs) i i I had to be honest honest with frenchy when they were talking about him and kisher started talking about when i was trying to find out the the makeup of the five thousand because that's been killing me about the quantity is did you catch that part where i said that that was that was funny And it just because I was like, what? Is, I, well, I kept thinking, talking, talking Easter eggs. What? What's this missing hundred and seven that we're, they're not telling us about? Like, what are those going to be, and what's going to be on? It? All right. And so, James, you get your hundred and sixty-two boxes. Is a hundred and thirty of them are part of the dragon boxes? What do you do with your hundred and thirty dragon boxes? So. I mean, one of them I'm going to open just for curiosity's sake, right? You can't. I can't not not crack one of these. I don't think that I will plan on opening any others until um, 
the team is able to get it approved by some great, you know, reputable grading companies, uh, PSA, CCG, whatever, whatever ones they get approved by. Once they they get approved for that, you know, then I'm I'm just going to judge, right? What what is the market looking for? You know, are are people really you know, clamoring for the cards that are in here? If they are, you know, I'll crack some. Um, yeah, those those are the dragon ones. Now the ones that aren't dragon ones, zero chance. I'm uh, I would ever even consider opening one of those. Okay, and and of course you wouldn't sell any of them, right? No, I mean, well, one day maybe, right? You right, know, right. Um, but no, you know, no, no, but you know what? I don't, I don't want to speak in absolutes because if I hit, let's say I hit token zero, and someone makes me an offer that you know I can't refuse. Okay, you know, I don't. Do I think that'll happen? No, I, I don't, because I think I probably value it, you know, towards the top end of what people value it. That being said there's a number on everything you know so yeah I, I don't anticipate selling any of my rares anytime soon but i won't i won't speak in absolutes you know if it can change my life by selling a, a box or something then uh, of course i have to consider it so i i remember when we talked to tito when he had 999 and we were talking about what price and i can't remember how many millions and, and then we also talked about your santa man i i'd love to go back on the tape remember we talked about if somebody offered you how much money and what you would do but speaking of token zero so do you have i know on serialized physical existence box zero 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 you have offered amount of money for that right yeah i offered 15k for it and then i also offered the same bounty um for the genesis nft because someone was like well shouldn't that one be worth more i was like honestly i said i didn't make an offer on the proof because <laughs> yeah I can't I can't make an offer of any higher than the 15 and I don't think that's close I don't think that's yeah. close to getting it done on that. So I said but hey there isn't another offer out there so sure yeah I'll I'll put a bounty on that also. Um that one I like you know I, do I think someone will pay more than me for the physical probably but like I think I'd be blown away if someone wouldn't pay more than that for the uh Right. for the because I'll be honest with you um you know I assign a higher value to it than the 15,000. Um I just you know, I, I can't pay. I can't pay that. Yeah. And I, to, to your point is as soon as you offer 15 and, and the box is revealed and we know the owner is that alpha will say, hold my beer and Schmo might say, hold my beer above alpha. So you definitely have some folks and, and, and we don't even know the effect of the people outside the block packs ecosystem, which is for Tinsman, his, his colleagues that are, I mean, if, if he, he gets it in his circles and tells folks like, this is a box you need to go afterwards is that all you know all bets are off on what that might go for all right and so last thing jams and then i'll see if there's anything else you want to talk about but the the uh i don't want to say participation rate but the acquisition rate for folks claiming their wonders and having the option to purchase is that frenchy of course early on the first day of claiming he said hey it's at like 76 percent wow we we projected 35 percent people are coming in every four boxes they can possibly buy the physical boxes they're getting three out of every four and then later on in the day he goes it's just risen up to 79 percent. so it's getting up to four out of every five boxes the number continues to increase so frenchy's shocked it's beyond what he was expecting 80 percent. so if if we can hold the 80 percent rate then obviously we're and i don't know how those first 300 the block packs held back right what's going to happen to those probably they'll keep those as promotional uh, i got to remember to put that in the frenchy question channel but the 80 percent of let's just say 5,000. forget about the 300 they hold back 80 percent would be 4,000, and so that would leave a thousand boxes 
for the allow list. So at this point, Jams, do you think that we'll get through the allow list and go beyond that? No. No, I'd be I'd be very, very surprised. Um, it, but if we do go through that, you'd be able to knock me down with a feather if we get through uh, our community having access to use credit cards to buy it. You know, it's, it's not yeah. it's not coming out of that. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I would say in block packs, I'd say the last couple things, I think block packs, which is good, right? That that's what I love about Jeff. He's a conservative business person. He he doesn't take risks. He's never liked things that fly high because then you get people who come in, pay exorbitant prices. They get bitter about the community because tomorrow it's 90% worth less. He wants slow, steady growth. So I, I like that about him, right? He, he has a background that's business-wise is conservative. But he, the last couple of things, whether it's HTH basketball, whether it's wonders, is that they, I think the community has surprised block packs. And would, has it surprised you two, Jams? Just are you surprised that people are buying these boxes at 80% the rate and doing it with yes. gas prices that are high? Yes, I am. Um, yes, I, yeah. I mean, yes, the answer is yes. I didn't have like a certain number in mind, but I, if you told me, Gun to my head is going to be over or under fifty percent. I would have said under fifty percent. So wow. yeah, and it's uh, I'm pleasantly surprised. Cool. All right, and hey, one thing I should mention, James. This is particularly for the people in Radish, but I'm going to share. You started a thread in the Block Packs Discord for folks who have extra boxes, folks who want extra boxes, and of course, it was primarily designed for new people who kind of just came in the last couple of months. They might have one or two wonders. They want to get more than one physical box. And I'm creating a just a simple Google spreadsheet that can be shared and it's open access. But for the Radish people, I when it came to the Lost Miners, I don't know if folks know, but I was pinging them all the time saying, don't forget to go in and mint. You've got you know 20 hours. You've got an hour left. So we will be doing that in Radish. Everybody who's a Block Packs member in Radish, we're going to make sure that everyone acknowledges that they've got their wonders because the last thing you want to do is miss this opportunity like the folks did with Lost Miners. People are still kicking themselves today. And it's so sad to see. I mean, last night would never ender. He's such a good community member. And he was kicking himself because he had... He never minted his passes. He had his lost miner passes. He didn't mint them. He put a miner in his wallet and he thought because he had that in there and originally had a lost miner pass, he would qualify for the wonders and didn't realize he didn't actually mint anything. He just had the minting pass. And so you, but you can see, I mean, he's, he's talked about waiting a year for this moment. He's so excited. And so what we want to do is make sure that what happened to NeverEnder and other community members doesn't happen again. So anyway, we'll get that spreadsheet up. And the other thing, Jams, how this relates to what you did in the Block Packs Discord is um, we'll, we'll create, it's just a simple Excel spreadsheet so people don't have to go through because the dialogue's great, but it's getting to be a lot. Yeah. You're just simply going to put in your Block Packs username. Have you claimed your, your uh, wonders? And then if you have extra allotment, and if so, how many? And then the other thing is, are you doing it at cost or at a markup? Which there's nothing wrong with folks who I saw mm -hmm. crypt, Cryptatum. He wanted to make like $20 on each box. And, and he was asking, do, you, do people think that's fair? Hey, I don't begrudge anyone for doing that. Some people want to do it for no charge. Some people want to make a little something. So, you know, the, the goal with the sheet is put it out there and connect people more easily that way. So just Great. that's just an FYI. All right. Well, James, I appreciate all your time. But any final thoughts about Wonders of the First? I mean, is it the seventh yet? <laughs> you know, I'm uh, obviously I'm I'm my feet aren't hitting the ground so much, but I mean, this is nothing compared to once they reveal, you know. And and what I'm really hoping, you know, I need some kind of like 
it's not the right word, but like some kind of org chart for like these first 300 or whatever, like come out. Like I, I, I it's so hard for me to conceptualize this, uh, these worlds, I guess, just because it's, it's something so foreign to me. So I'm hoping that there's some kind of document that really explains um, the two or 300, however many it ends up being, you know, that are in this initial release, because that would, that would help me a lot. Yeah, that's a great point. I mean, that homepage at uh, Wonders, Wonders of the First the website is that they have, right, the planet circling around um, the token zero. And it would be great to have that actually as a poster. That would make an awesome poster. You know, it kind of looks like a stargazing poster. So yeah. that would be cool to, to have that as an accessory for folks. All right. Well, listen, James, really appreciate you taking the time. Sorry that we uh, we lost you last night and I'm glad to get your insight here. Always, always a pleasure. You've been listening to BPX After Dark, which is broadcast live each Thursday night at 9 p.m. in Twitter spaces at Radish Digital. That's digital with a J. Hosted by BJAMS, we want to thank you, the listener. A special thanks to those in the audience who raised their hand, came on stage, helping to make BPX the best community. BPX is a community built by collectors for collectors. That's it for this show. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you next week.